Pittsburgh Pile Driver Podcast is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Once again, and that means it's time for the Pittsburgh Podriver Podcast. We're going to break a little kayfabe tonight. We're not going to talk so much about the Crasslands. We're going to talk about some other stuff because, well, it's kind of been a slow week wrestling-wise. We might talk some wrestling, but, uh, you know, we might talk some other things. Before we get started, let me introduce you to this rabble that I had to hang out with on a Thursday night. I'm Ransom the Madman. I am joined by Poot the Bard. I'm joined by Tiger Bomb Tom. And since in the most recent past, Poot the Bard has been late and has gotten a nice fancy intro when he arrived, Tiger Bomb Tom has been late and gotten a nice fancy intro when he's arrived. The one fella that hasn't is a gentleman that has always been on time. Therefore, we've never had to stop an episode of the podcast to give him an illustrious introduction. But I've decided I'm going to do that tonight. Hmm. Even though he's not late, he's still on time. But you know what? He's due. He's due for one. His comeuppance has come. And uh, it's time. It's time that he get his. So everybody strap in for this introduction. You've heard from me. You've heard about Poot. You've heard about Tom. Last but not least, the P3's beast from the east. Hailing from the glowing sea of the wrestling world, the legendary Beefclaw himself, the Dovahkin of WrestleMania, Beef the Legend. Oh, that! I need, I need all of that. Like, I, 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 I just need that clipped, and I'm just gonna use that as my ringtone from now on. I, I can absolutely go. do the that. The of WrestleMania, I'll take that shit. The Dovahkiin I feel bad that I've been able to give Tom and Poot nice, big, fat, illustrious introductions when they show up, but Beef's always on time, like a proper gentleman, and he never gets one of those. So I figured, you know what? Beef needs one of those, and he's going to get his. Well, he well cer- Beef appreciates that. He certainly got his. That was an excellent intro. That Round was a was. wonderful intro. It, 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 since since you said it was Thirsty Thursday, anybody else? Anybody yep. else? Hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can. Uh, let me see if this will register. Hold on. I think I have a dogfish head in the back. Uh, there it is. I I'm walking the laps, opener. so all I have is a bottle of water. I got nothing. A, poop, I, a hey, poop fish head. I have, I got, I have a I, poop fish head in the fridge. You have a there poop fi- Oh, yeah, that's right. Every time, every time I go over to Beefs for WrestleMania or just a general weekend for jocularity, I always inevitably end up not drinking all the beers. The beers that I bring. The beers. So when I go down there, like presumably in a couple months, Beef will be like, hey, man, you still got beer in the fridge. I'm like, I what? I do. And then uh-huh. I open it up, and it's like a little treasure trove. But right now, I um, this this right here, my uh, since uh, as of the day of this recording, tomorrow will be my last day at my current job. Um, oh man! Yeah, That's right. Hooray! Hooray! Last last day at my current job. So today, uh, fellow who records our weekend show, his name's Dennis. He's awesome, awesome guy. Um, he drops the show off that he recorded and uh, he came in and he had a brown paper bag and I, 
And I was like, what? And he gave it to me. He said, here you go, brother. You know, congrats on the new job. And we're going to miss you. And I'm going to miss you and everything. And I opened it up. And it was Jim Beam Double Oak. Yeah, buddy. Or Twice Oaked, I think is what it's called. Where's the bottle? Hold on. I have the bottle right here. Let me see. What's it Where's called? Where's the damn Jim, camera? Jim Beam Double Oak. It's twice there barreled in two. Oh, God. In two different um, uh, things. So I decided... <laughs> Uh, tonight, since we were breaking kayfabe in the lounge, I'm having it over some ice. And I'm not yeah. usually one for like Jim Beam or, or uh, Jack Daniels or anything, but I'll tell you what, this is mm. Mm. it's mighty tasty. Um, I'm not, I'm not much of a, I'm, I'm not much of a liquor guy myself. If I, if I'm gonna have some Jim Beam or some Jack Daniels, it's got to be in a shot. But uh, tonight, I'm uh, last week, whatever it was, the last time I had a drink, I, I finished off that. Um, what was it that, that you cider? brought down in the cans? Oh no, no that no, Yingling no. flight. Yeah, Yingling flight. Yeah. I finished that off. No, but now I do. I now now I do have the bottle of cider here. So there you go. Yeah, so a nice little Mackenzie's uh, black cherry hard cider. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds delicious. That did. Does it sound is, good. Uh, it really is. We we have some wine, some very tasty fucking fruity wine. I might have a glass of that. You know, there you go. speaking speaking of tasty fruity wine, so after Dennis left this morning, our sports guy named Bear Stewart, he uh, he stopped by, and uh, first of all, he brought me, uh, I, I got to pretend I was a hobbit today. I got to have second breakfast. Um, nice. He, uh, he brought um, second breakfast, and then he uh, his wife gave me a bottle of, <laughs> Uh, very fruity blush wine, which Ooh. I am normally a uh, a dry red kind of guy, but uh, I was like oh. flip flop. It well, and yeah, and the thing is, it's it it per, it is chilled though. So like I put it on, and I'm like, okay, I'll open that up eventually. But then Bear said, I also got you, and handed me a 12 pack of Michelob Ultra. So that's so bare, dude. That is so bare. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> here's a six pack of beer. Congratulations. No, it, no. It, he, and, and that's the thing. So I showed up at work and had zero alcohols and I left work with collectively 14 alcohols. There you um, go. So, and it, it was, you know, it was, it was really nice to kind of, to kind of have that. So it's, it was, it was good. It was a nice, pleasant surprise. So. Now, now the now the burning question is: hmm. Is did the bosses get you any any parting gift? Uh, I don't. Well, no, 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 no. I they got uh, him a handshake, which no, is more than I thought they'd easy, get him. So. Easy, easy. The uh, no, <laughs> the my 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 the owner of the station actually is um he he uh just had surgery on his shoulder, and okay. I got to see him yesterday. Uh, and then for a different procedure, he's going down. Uh, he's going out of town for the next two days. But I did get to see him. He told me he was proud of me. He told me he was, he, you know, he was like he, it was a real kind of like, you know, lifetime special moment. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, what they have going on tomorrow, but I just know that I'm sitting here vacillating between what I want my sign off song to be. I was thinking, always look on the bright side of life. Um, oh, I thought that'd be funny. Uh, I was thinking Unchained by Van Halen. I thought that would be really Ooh. funny too, just because. What of about the... Freebird? Free... Oh, Freebird would be great. I didn't even. I think every that's job, a cliche, I, I think... though. That's a cliche. I think every job I've quit, I've rolled out of the parking lot listening to Freebird every single time. I know I did yeah. it um, when when I worked security. I know I did it at Verizon, and I'm pretty sure I did it at Guardian too. So yeah, I've yeah. I got I got a I got one for you. What about something by Hellbent? 
Well, if we had original songs, it well actually we do have quite a bit of the some of the stuff that we we play. I I was just trying to think of something that was goodbye y like um yeah. or or that would be funny, you know, as a as you a bring in a cheese plate because it's all so cheesy. I you know, hey, listen man, whenever whenever you're in radio, very rarely do you get the chance to like actually say goodbye? Usually they don't tell you like if like my first radio job, I got laid off. They didn't tell me I was getting laid off until after my shift was over. Um, uh. So I didn't get to, and my sign off song at that job, it was a classic country station was Clint Black's cover of Desperado. So mm. that That's was, yeah, that was, that was my sign off song every day was, was Desperado. Um, uh, but you know, I'm just kind of vacillating between some ideas, but we'll see. But very rarely do you get the chance to actually say like goodbye. You know what I right. mean? Most of the time it's just like, you're gone. So every time you say vacillating, I think oscillating like a fan. I just like picture you like sitting in the middle of a room, just turning like, you know, <laughs> damn near halfway around, but not the full halfway around because damn it. That's not what oscillating means. Now see, uh, every time you say vacillating, I hear Vaseline. So well, yeah. There I hear two Vaseline and I picture Poot covering himself all greasy like. And if people try to say, Poot, Poot, well, let, let me shake your head. He's like, oh, can't touch this. Can't touch this. And he just squeegees his way right you out. Never and like, see you bitches. Like you never going to catch me. I, 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 you're never going to catch me. I, I'm absolutely greased up radio he guy. Down the hallway on his own, own greasy feet. Just <laughs> I, yeah, I don't walk. I just slide hands in pockets. <laughs> no, I um no. So that's that's kind of in the world of Putin. Then also this weekend I have uh, Hellbent gig. A it's going to be a pretty big one. And then right. we have gigs booked all the way through August now because because we're in demand so nice. that's what's going on in my life guys starting a new job on my birthday leaving my old job tomorrow hellbent's playing and i got some good booze Woo! well now that we're done listening to the diatribe that is poot i do want to talk real quick one thing wrestling before we get into the arm bar it is breaking yeah no uh arm drag family cadenzo shut up cadenzo for shizzle, my nizzle, uh, no. Uh, listen, no. Poot said something earlier tonight, the night of this recording, not the night that you're listening, people catch up, uh, about Daniel Bryan and him kind of not wanting to be in that WrestleMania match, him wanting it just to be Edge and Roman Reigns. And, you know, I can kind of see Daniel Bryan's line of thinking on that. Because I think I think we talked about that Right. Oh, pardon me. I think we talked about that at one point. Maybe when we were talking about picks or something about how Daniel Bryan always seems to be an afterthought that's inserted into the WWE main event. Yep. Like yeah. the the yes movement kind of forced that insertion into the main event the last time he was main eventing Mania. He just kind of seemed like, oh, what are we gonna do? Oh, let's put Daniel Bryan in this match and make it a triple threat match for no reason whatsoever so i can kind of see daniel bryan wanting to say like hey man uh no like don't just throw me in here for you know yucks and, and fucks well why don't you program me in an actual match and why can't we have daniel bryan get his own wrestlemania main event moment 
does the man of his talent and caliber not deserve a WrestleMania moment that he doesn't have to split between two other people? No. It kind of bugs me. Well, and and you're not wrong. I, I I I think we would all agree about the caliber of a Daniel Bryan and how popular yep. he continues to be, even when he's a heel, and people do boo him or they pipe in the booze. Um, um, I I think. Daniel Bryan, like coming back, like apparently the, I can't remember where the interview was, but he said like he had like an out of body, ex not out of body experience, but he felt very disconnected from that match. And normally when he says when he's in a match, he's like 100 percent in that match, you know, mm -hmm. and he's enjoying it. This one, he said that like he had these like snap out moments where he's like, oh, OK, this is what like and it was almost like the the. And that's kind of like the sign of like the joy is dying. You know what I mean? And that's a yeah, shame. Yeah, the writing on the wall moment. And that's a shame that he has that because coming back from such a like from from such a deficit with that with that um that injury that was, you know, I mean, career ending. Right. That and, and to come back to you know, effectively like a huge pop and people going, oh, my God, Daniel Bryan's going to get his chance. And then it, he just kind of not not obscurity. That's not the right word, because he's he's been part of the WWE upper mid card and upper card scene. But like Ransom said, it's always an afterthought. And I think Daniel Bryan also I also said in there that he's trying to also get them to knock down or open the forbidden door and let him work in WWE and other places. Good fucking luck. That's all I'll say on that. That's I, that pretty much sums I, it up. Yeah. Like I would be, and I, this is where I really want to get beef's take. Cause I, I feel like he always, he always does very well in this, in this, you know, subject line, but I struggle even with WWE seemingly oftentimes using Daniel Bryan as an afterthought. And maybe that's just my way of seeing it. Maybe that's not actually the way it is. Even though they do that, I would be shocked if WWE let somebody like Daniel Bryan, somebody that they know, despite what they do, they know he can get over on his own. He doesn't need their help. He doesn't need the WWE machine. He did it already. And I, I, I think that they would be hesitant to let him go somewhere else to see how over he gets with other crowds. Because if he sees that, like, oh, I went to AEW or Impact or New Japan or, hell, Ring of Honor. And look at the pop that I got. Look at the reaction that I got. There's Why am I staying in WWE if I can go to these other places and have people ecstatic to see me? What do you think, Beef? Well... So here's the ultimate bottom line with WWE, at least with Vince McMahon. I can't, I can't speak of Triple H because we don't know enough of what Triple H is about. Well, we, we, we do, and, and it's mostly good. But as far as Vince goes, though, if you are an established talent, he, I, I won't say doesn't care for, but he will attach the, the WWE milker to you and sap you for everything you got, leave you with nothing, and then claim that you weren't good enough. Oh. Um, that's exactly... that. That's the fucking CM Punk story, 101. That's what I've seen of Daniel Bryan. I'm going to mention Keith Lee's name again because it bears repeating. 
the bottom line is is if the, the only guy who has had a credible career on the main roster of WWE after making himself on the indies, like a big name, I'm talking, not like, you know, Edge and Christian, you know. I'm talking like a big name in the indies was AJ Styles. And one could argue that the bulk of his work came in Impact and New Japan, which aren't really indies. Yeah. So, I, you know, honestly, <laughs> as far as releasing him to the winds, I think it depends on the day of the week. You know, uh, out of one side of their mouth, WWE is saying, well, we don't consider AEW competition. We don't have competition. And they're right. If, 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 if we're being real, they're right. They don't have competition. They are WWE. They suck. Their, 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 their programs are awful. But <laughs> they don't have competition for those. That being said, sometimes they'll do weird things that make you think they're doing that deliberately to spite AEW. Like moving NXT uh, to uh, USA on the same two-hour time slot that AEW is debuting two months before their, or like what, not, not even two months, uh, like like a, a six, uh, three, three weeks beforehand. You know, it's just like, or, or, or keeping a certain wrestler, uh, God rest his soul, under contract so he didn't go anywhere else. Like, it, it seriously is like, it's, it, it, it changes with the day of the week, whether AEW is something to worry about with Vince McMahon or not. That being said, Daniel Bryan could work wherever, do whatever. He could book. He could, you know, be a, a general manager type. We've seen that. He did a great with that. He could be a feature guy. He could be a tag team guy. He could be a damn commentator. And I don't think that that's lost on Vince. Here's the thing with Daniel Bryan. And I love him. I love Daniel Bryan. But to say that he wants to work WWE and these other places, or, or, or like you know, like work like New Japan, Ring of Honor, wherever, is is he's 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 trying to have his feet in two different poles, man. Like you either take WWE and you choose the money and the safety and the reliability that you know your family's taken care of, or you go live your dream. Pick a lane, boss. I like. Ooh. Yeah, but see, I I feel like. I took it in a way that Daniel Bryan was trying to help foster the idea that, like, you know, other companies are starting to work with each other. Other companies are starting to, you know, at least collaborate in some sense. And Daniel Bryan's like, listen, you guys better catch up or get left behind. That's how I took it. I didn't take it as uh, as as he's just not. Like it, picking between a rock and a hard place or whatever, you know. But I, to be I, fair, I, under, I under, very moment is, is like the first time I'm hearing about it. I didn't read any stories. I didn't even catch the fast count news. So this is like, oh, I didn't know he said that. Um, and and you're right. You're you're 100 right that that he that he's very like wrestling forward with that kind of thing. So and he always and that's the thing with that whole kind of class. They all are, like they're all very forward thinking, and you know, kind of on the cutting edge. And I think being in WWE can kind of hinder that. Not trying to be smart, not trying to be, you know, uh, you know, just go like, oh, time to shit on WWE again. Like, I mean, that it's just, it's just like, it's real, you know, yeah, yeah. 
they, they have something that works. They have, you know, a three-hour block on Monday, a two-hour block on Friday. They make their merch sales. You know, they don't have to worry about pay-per-views because they sold the fucking WWE Network for a mint to Peacock. Like, they have TV deals out the wazoo. Uh, yes, and I understand from a creative point of view, we can sit here and criticize them. But from a business point of view, shit, they're doing everything the right way. From a business point of view, if I'm a shareholder, a stockholder, if I'm Vince McMahon and I'm like, you know what? We're making, you know, hand over fist money. What do I care what, like, the 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 um, the, the internet fringe thinks? I'm making tons of money. I'm going to keep doing things my way. And yes, that may eventually bite them in the ass, but I get it, you know? Very yeah. salient point. I mean... Oh, I have those sometimes. I, I, I just... It's just sad because, man, I remember, and I, and I know this is supposed, to, this is breaking kayfabe lounge, but wrestling is part of our lives. So I mean, like it, you know. But like, that's kind of the thing. Is like, it, it, do you think it's by nature of the fact that like we've become, you know, using the term that apparently is now this taboo thing, where we, you know, we become smart marks and we become kind of cynical with that? Do you think that it, 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 it like? The reason why we look back on like, you know, the Attitude Era or other other eras of wrestling and we look at it very dewy eyed and through rose colored glasses is because we were just kind of more innocent. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think now we can at least look back things a little bit more objectively. Like, you know, there there were some there were some pretty cool things about the Attitude Era, but we can also admit that there were some very, very cringy things about the Attitude Era, um, but I, 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 I tend to agree with you on that. Like that part of it, you know, just us growing up and not knowing, not not knowing any better. But now, I think on a different level, I feel like now as an adult, I can look at the business and still be a little dewy-eyed in the same, in a different light. More so now because. I have a different level of respect for the business. Like, you know, it, it's it's like like before it was just, you know, pure admiration because it's like these people are like larger than life okay. personalities and sometimes, you know, physically larger than life, too. But now it's also like it, now it, it's not just admiration. It's 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 a respect. It's a respect for what they do physically it's a respect for the business itself it's a respect for um you know just people putting in the work and putting in the time uh that that they do whether it's whether they're indie darlings that get to come up and you know slowly work their way up or if there's somebody that uh, for all intents and purposes like uh, take like a charlotte flair who you know didn't didn't uh, cut her teeth on the indies but just had, you know, one of those people that just had a natural athletic ability that WWE saw and said, okay, you know, we'll do something with it. And she just, it, she kind of got it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's in her blood, literally, you know. Um, so, I mean, you know, some people, they just, some people were just able to adapt to that uh, very quickly and not having to have those years and years and years of, experience on the indies and stuff like that but um yeah i, I think it, i think it's just a, a different a, a different type of appreciation now so when we sit here and we and and 
discuss all of our disappointment with it it's it's because we have this different level of respect now it's like you know it's not just oh well the wrestler i didn't like didn't go over now i'm mad it's no man like this dude's been busting his ass and you're just shitting all over him it's just the same as like when you see you know when you see a good coworker that you know it's like oh man you should have gotten that promotion and they give it to the fucking jack off who you know doesn't do dick all for work you know yeah, it's, failing it's, up man yeah it's just it's just that sort of thing you know what i mean it's so let me ask you this to Tom's yeah. point, you you said something super super smart and that the attitude era wasn't all great we look back and I say man what a time yeah because our mind can like encapsulate the good but forget about the bad like fucking beaver cleaver remember that i remember beaver cleaver choppy uh, choppy pee pee yeah, yeah, yeah well, man like so here's here here's here's my question yeah right now i think we can all agree that wwe is a pretty flat shade of gray it is like a, a, a matte color it's not great but a lot of times for the big events it's not abysmal either it's just kind of there we watch it and we go eh, that was an okay pay-per-view that was a good pay-per-view it's not very often you come away with you come away from a pay per view going, man, that was you know a pile of shit. But it's also not often you go, man, what a fucking show that was. Yeah. So yeah. But in the attitude era, that was much more prevalent. Where there where you had shows, were like, man, what a great show. And also, man, what the fuck was that? Would you prefer the hot and cold? Now, obviously, you know, with with NXT with AEW, we don't get a lot of cold. It's mostly just hot, 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 hot. But hot, follow hot, the analogy. Hot. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer like some, like it's hot and some, some, run some really good and some really bad, or their current you know fifty fifty booking like you know very basic Blanche Ash Blanche shit? Hmm, that's a that's a really good question. Well, I I don't know. I I feel like who usually makes a really good point on this. We're all kind of you know blowing each other here tonight. Ransom. You usually make really good salient points on these kind of ideas. You know, which would you prefer? Like, you, you usually have pretty pretty sound logic on this. Well, that's a tough one. Um, while, while you're thinking about it, I guess you yeah. could you could almost ask that question about anything, really, if you think about it. Like, Poot, mm-hmm. like, they take your favorite band. Would you rather have that they put out, like, two really good albums and then, like, a shitty album and then, like, two really good albums again? Or would you have them put out, rather have them put out kind of, like, eh, my, sort of just okay albums, my, you know what I mean? My two favorite bands are doing that right now. That would be Metallica and uh, Dream Theater. Um, what putting out good albums and then shitty albums or just meh yeah, just kind of a whole big pile of meh right now like no and it's no offense to either one of them you know and i'm sure that beef and i can argue all day long about uh like hardwired to self-destruct but it the thing is the problem is usually it, it it depends on the kind of history and just using bands as an example and maybe we can take that and and like extrapolate into wrestling like, for example, with Metallica, it's kind of the easiest one because Metallica's more part of music zeitgeist, like popular music zeitgeist than uh, uh, Dream Theater is 
But like right. with Metallica, when I think Metallica, the first thing that goes through my head is the entire album Master of Puppets. And that is a masterpiece. That is a masterwork of not just heavy metal, but just music in general. It is it has it has it all. Um, and, you know, you think about that and then you think about St. Anger and then Death Magnetic. And then hardwired to self-destruct <laughs> comparatively, like you look back on that and go, this is what they were. And this is what they are now. Everything involves. I would have rather had them stop at load and reload. And yeah. you could even make the argument that they should have stopped even before that. There are a lot of people who say they should have stopped at master of puppets. There after, are a lot of people. You know, that, there's a lot of people that would have argued that they should have stopped either at or just after the black album. Yeah. So you're saying that Chris Jericho should have stopped after Y2J no. when he won his like eighth Intercontinental Championship. He's like, all right, I'm out, robbing us. That that's the thing, man. Like, I, I'm 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 gonna counter you on this, and here's why: because you never know what's going to absolutely pop. No, and and you're not wrong, but that that then changes to my point. And I said, Dream Theater is kind of putting out meh, but that meh is still really good, but it's because the past three albums have all been samey. It's like they've plateaued. Like, to me, Metallica, with their recent albums, is on a downslope. It's it's basically the two separate, like, sides of it. They're on a downslope, you know what I mean? In my opinion. Like, they, they, they have more bell curves. Dream Theater, they kind of went up, they hit, and they're just kind of maintaining. There's no real evolution. There's no real, like you know, what's the next step? It's just this one kind of uniform idea. And it's, it's the same thing that we've said before. If you have a filet mignon and it's amazing. And then for the next five meals, you have filet mignon. Eventually you, it, you get tired of it. Like it's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I find monotony more, more unbearable than things just going south. If that makes sense, I might be going off into the weeds here with my my no, train right. of thought. No, no like, you're not. You're not. Yeah, like monotony is is so much more unbearable. It's it's it, it's why it's the same thing of like when when people and this this is not currently like my situation, but like I know so many people who they go into work and it's literally the exact same thing every day. And some people are okay with that. They like the consistency, but some people, they just dread it and it becomes like a burden on their lives. So you want something different. But then in turn, when you have something different all the time, then you can never kind of gain your footing. Yeah. Right. It's humans are creatures of habit. Humans don't like change by nature, like not huge shifts of change. Oh, I fear Um, change. (laughs) So, but, um, I, I I guess I guess then you kind of almost have you kind of almost really gave your own answer there, Poot, like in regards to the wrestling wise, like you even said it, monotony is just kinda too bland for you know, it's too bland for you. So it sounds like Poot would rather have you know, some hot and cold rather than just kind I, of a steady meh. I would, re- because then at least whenever you start you go from cold to hot, there's at least like, you know, some like you know, there's there's at least emotion fluctuating besides just going moom, you know, and, yeah. and the attitude error, I think we could agree, would be one straight line across. It was insane. And there were a lot of good moments. But for the most part, it was just this 
you know, schoolyard yuckety yuck. Look at these tits. Here's a gross joke and some good wrestling. Pretty much the whole way through it. See, I think the way that I see it, and that I, I think it was made clear to me after listening to, to what Poot said, is to go with what Beef had had asked about. You know, do you want what we had in the Attitude Era, where you had Raws and pay-per-views that were great? And then you had Raws and pay-per-views that were just abysmal. Like all the ones that we get asked to review. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh, my God. Nick, coming for you, dude. Um, (laughs) You know, I would rather have that. And here's my rationale as to why. And I I feel like Beef really proved my point on this when he said, you can remember all of the great things that happened in the Attitude Area. Area? Nope. Areola. No, still. There's definitely some areolas. You can remember all the great things that happened, but you can also remember all of the crappy, stupid things that happened. Beaver Cleaver. You remember those things. So while there were great and there were really bad, you remembered those. At least I did. But what WWE has now, where it's straight across the board most of the time, it's, ah, I was whelmed. I will forget a lot of the events and a lot of the matches that WWE does now because they're neither memorable for good reasons nor are they memorable for bad reasons. They're not memorable at all. It blends. Some, it does. Some are. I mean, some are memorable for the good and some are memorable from the bad. But I would say the vast majority of what I'm seeing nowadays is across the board, I'm whelmed. And when I'm whelmed, I will forget those things. When I'm very overwhelmed, I'll remember them. When I'm super underwhelmed, I'm still going to remember them. So I would rather have the very hot go to the very cold and then back and forth rather than just have that flat line of meh that WWE is putting out now because I'm not going to remember them. You ask me two years from now what happened at uh, WrestleMania Backlash this year, I guarantee you I'm going to have no idea. No idea. What happened? What was it even called? When was it? I'm not going to know. Super Bowl Saturday? Yeah, your shirts. Uh, are so yeah. tight. I'm gonna, your I'm gonna definitely finish this here real quick, and I, and I'm um I'm gonna go uh, option C. Um, I I give to you the Iron Maiden effect. Ah. Uh. Throw out so fucking much that you're gonna have a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of stuff that people like. Do I remember this song? Were you here at once? And you're like, wait, that was on a Maiden album in the 80s? Fuck, do I remember that song? And that's honestly you get the, kind it, of where AEW falls with me. Ooh. Where there's just so much stuff. I was thinking about this tonight. If AEW puts on a, an honest-to-God second television show, they'll have Dynamite, TV show number two, Elevation, Dark Elevation, being the elite. There's a lot of all elite wrestling. Most of it's great, and I love it, and I can't get enough. But man, like, just sometimes I can be overwhelmed in a bad way. Not like Ransom saying, where like my senses are like, wow, this is incredible. But like sometimes <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, whoa, <laughs> wrestling Sens- overload. Sensory overload, yeah. Yeah, 
So well, like you know, and and I mean, and, you know, Iron Maiden's guys made a career of that, and they're by God my second favorite band, and they have a lot of shit that I love. There's a lot of shit that I'm like, I don't care for that. And there's a lot of shit that I'm like, wait, that's a Maiden tune? Well, do and I think AEW is the same thing. Like there's probably a lot of shit on on um, Dark and Elevation that I'm missing because I don't watch it, and I'm like, oh wait, that happened on Elevation? What? Beef. Here, I, I'll prove I'll prove the point. Beef, the song Blood Brothers, what album was it on? The Dance of Death? No. Brave New World. Damn it. Uh, that, that's exactly... I had to look it up because uh, I uh. thought it was on Dance of Death as well. So his point stands. His point absolutely stands. Yeah. But, and, and I think... In, go ahead. Oh, uh, no, I was going to... I was going to say, like... Now, you know what? Once we finish that... Once we all have our say, I actually have a, a good... Um, music topic. Uh, when when we're done, like go ahead. Oh no! I, all I was gonna say is like like I mentioned before that you find that in uh, you you can find that in all sorts of facets of life, whether it be uh, whether it be pro wrestling. You can find that with sports, where you know teams are very uh, lackluster for for quite some time, or a particular player is lackluster for a lot of time. Um. It, you know, you can find that it, it, in music. You can find that in video games for sure. Oh yeah. Um, you know uh, what? What? Uh, what the fuck was it? When Ransom mentioned about uh, the different Fallout games or whatever mm-hmm. in in, in ah. one uh, frig off Ransom video, yeah, you know, he said he's like, eh, you can skip all of them and just play this one, and you, you'd be good to go. You want to know another series that does that exact same thing? What's that? Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. I love, yeah. love the Assassin's Creed series. I love it. But I tell people if you're gonna if you're gonna play some, if you or if you played a little bit and you go, oh, this is cool, I like it, I say play two, Brotherhood and Revelation. If you're just yeah. gonna if you want the best stories, do that. But if you're only gonna play one of them, if you're only gonna play one, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. It's pirate the video game. And, like, and, I, and that and and that that leads to my option C thing there. That's why Iron Maiden has been so successful because they put a lot out there. That's why we love AEW because they put a lot out there. That's why and here's here's a hot button for you. That's why the MCU is so successful because there's a lot out no. there. Thor two, Thor two. So like, it's not when, that bad. I'm sorry, I rewatched it. It's not as bad as you're you. So it's wrong. it's oh, not no. as bad as you remember. It's not. Mm-hmm. I just rewatched it. It's not as bad as you remember. Calm down. That's fair. I I, I have not watched it and probably since it came out. So I, I can't unequivocally say that it's the pile of crap that we all think it is. But I feel like it's the pile of crap that we. It, think it, it was is. not. It was definitely not my favorite of all the MCU movies. And to be fair, I never watched the. Um, I never watched the, the MC. Actually, neither one. I never watched the MCU, The Incredible Hulk, and I never watched its predecessor the hulk because oh, the hulk was, the hulk was it's not good. straight up shit oh, um, so bad. but the incredible hulk i heard was an improvement um with edward Norton in it so technically mcu yes, yes because that at, at the end they have that stinger with tony meeting general ross about about the avengers yep yep that's unfortunate dude ed norton that- like he <laughs> All Ed Norton had to do was say, yep, I'm on board. But instead he's like, hey, man, pay me more. Look at your stars. I'm the biggest star you got. And MCU's like, mm, nope, 
See you later, Ed Norton. Yeah. And fucking Mark Ruffalo's laughing all the way to the bank, and Ed Norton's going, oh, fuck. Yep. Where, yeah. where are my two pennies I need to rub together for heat tonight? That's yep. obviously not the case, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> well, no, and, and, you know, I, I think... I think that's kind of the thing is that like well and and there's you know I'm I know we talk a lot about video games too and we brought up you know Fallout and that um but you run in like there are some games like Ransom said memorable and I've brought it up before is Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem mm-hmm. like that game there was one of them it did a lot of neat shit and and it's memorable people still talk about it on like when you see video it. games lists, like when you see yep. lists uh, like of like games that like great games that don't get the credit they deserve or top blank games for the GameCube or top blank games from de- defunct studios or whatever. That game is always at the top of the list because it was memorable. And I worry that if there were more of them. Like, cause I've wanted like other th- them to pick up someone to pick up that series again and do something with it. But then I yeah. think, do I really want that? It's, it's kind of like the movie Fern Gully. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I don't want to rewatch it now as an adult because I don't want to spoil it. I want to leave it in a place in my mind. That's like happy and joyous and good. Yep. That's, that's the same way I felt about, uh, Oh God, what was it? A year or two ago. Um, we watched the never ending story Yo. and I forgot and I'm like, oh, it's so bad. Not that good. No, at all. like just now I will say one that's like so bad that it's good from, from around that time, Howard the duck, which technically, oh my, yes. technically falls into the MCU. Technically <laughs> it was MCU before MCU was cold. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It's the predecessor. Um, yeah, another another game series that uh, has so many that you run into that problem. Mega hmm. Man. Uh, I don't yeah. know about all that. No. Man. Oh yes. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Think, I think every Mega Man. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna nope. leave the X series out of this because I think I think yeah. X one was great and the rest of them are all kind of meh. You can't no. though. No, all right. you can't because it's all part because it's all part of the same franchise. But I will say That's Mega fair. Man. Mega Mega Man five was very meh. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, uh, like every Mega Man game is samey. Like they're literally all. The only one that stands up in my mind is different. Is Mega Man Three was a masterpiece. Uh, Mega Man Four, where you didn't have to fight Wily until surprise, you're fighting Wily at the end. <laughs> anyway, yeah. like. Yeah. I uh, no. I'll tell you what. I I think uh, three three was good, but I think two is two is even better. Yeah, two is uh, two, oh, yeah. two two is probably one of the best. Two and um two and x are probably like my f- two of my top favorites but yeah the, like i was gonna say once you get into the x series then there's some ones that people are kind of like uh like very yeah. very very scary um fucking Mega Man legends games it's like uh, uh an open world fucking like rpg style where oh god wearing a oh my god. brother would play those that should tell you Listen. the kind of game that they were the my fucking mark Martin I, would play them I st- I started I think I did I started playing Ooh. some Mega Man Legends on stream the one day and Ooh. I and by the end of the stream I was like all right we're never picking up this game again 
And that's oh, it was, it was abysmal. It was abysmal. It was. Well, and, it was. And that exactly stands by my point is that like you know some games they just kind of get in their own way eventually, and I um, think it's because. Yeah. I, well, I was uh, going to go say I, th- I have a question for you once once you finish your statement there. Well, I think it's I I honestly that's really just kind of it. I think it's I think it's just like some games just tend to get in their own way, and companies go, oh, this is popular, let's get money, 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 and then. It's like, oh, it's a Mega Man. People will buy it. Doesn't matter. Mega Man 64. Like, it's like, you know, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, people will well, buy it. They'll they'll just oh. buy it because reasons. And it's to like. An, to another degree, even the, the Final Fantasy series has had that. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, and apparently, I didn't know this today, that there was like 20 billion fucking Star Ocean games. Oh, yeah. I, 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 and I because because you came into the stream today and you're like Star Ocean. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know there was like 14 of them. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. There's a <laughs> shit ton of them. Like, yeah. Yeah. I because I thought you were playing the original like the one that was on like PlayStation one. No, I wish like because that's I, I had that one at some point and got rid of it at some point. This was way back when I don't even remember. I never played it though. I never, I never played any of them until the one I started. Until I picked up and started playing today, and it's just, uh, it's. I had to laugh because I was ta- I was talking to uh, I was talking to Andy about it later on today after the fact. She's like, "How was your stream?" And I was like, "It was good." And she's like, "Well, she's like, so what type of game is it?" I was like, "Well, it's it's a JRPG." I was like, "It's an RPG." She's like, "No, but like, what genre?" I'm like. It's a fucking RPG. And she's like, well, no, is it like she's yeah. trying to search for the words? And she's like, is it kind of like, you know, like sci fi or like this? That? I'm like, I don't know, because I've never played this game and I know nothing about any of the other games in the series. Yeah. She's like, well, what's it about? I'm like, I don't fucking know yet. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm on this journey. She's like, well, what if you don't like it? Then I'll fucking stop playing it. That's what. And she's yeah. like, well, I just, she's like, I couldn't see me doing that because then I just think it would be a waste of time. I was like, well, I'll f- cross that bridge when I get to it. I was like, trust me, I've had games where I, I picked it up. Uh, what there, there was a, there was another one besides Mega Man Legends. There was something else that I played oh, the one oh. time, and I, WK, I picked it. WWE 2K20. I get that. That I stopped playing that. I was just like, nah, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, guys. Um. Yeah, I I stopped. I just stopped. Um, God, there was something else. There was something else. I I know I did like I I know I did request uh for people at one point. And then people stopped sending requests. So I'm just kind of like, all right, if somebody wants me to play something, they'll ask. If not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pander for it. Like I know what I want to play. I have a ton of shit that is on the docket. Um, but like I you know it was just uh. I, I did a request the one time and I did literally did three viewer requests in one stream. They were all like uh they were all old retro games and I will never play any of them again. It was like uh <laughs> it was uh like Dick Tracy. Oh, oh what a terrible oh, game. Man, a yeah. Terrible, awful, fucking awful fucking game. like uh Rambo or Rambo something on Rambo on oh. Sega. I don't remember which oh, Rambo God, game. Dude. They were um, they were yeah, they were awful. shitting in your mouth, dude. Yeah, and uh there was one the other guy's one. named Nick. <laughs> no, <laughs> Nick the 
Yeah, fucking Nick. Hey, play Dick Tracy and review this fucking terrible episode of Monday Night Raw from 1995 for me, please. And then after sure that, thing, Nick, suck my sure, dick. Like sure it's, thing, Nick, yeah. you fucking cocksucker. No, like, you won't see me again because I'll be dead after that because it will have sucked every single ounce of life out of my body. You know, who yep. said it and he set me off and I'm pacing, waiting for my chance to say something. Go. And I'm just fuming. Go. Uh, you know, fucking Fallout, damn it. <laughs> it It is like WWE, where it's hot, cold, and meh. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get blowback on this from beef. I might and I might not. I don't know. Fallout New Vegas is like the WWE Attitude Era knocking it out of the park. I will play that game over and over again. I know where everything is. I know every quest line. I, I find random things here and there, small little random things each time I play through because there's so fucking much. But I know what's going to happen. I know where I'm going to go. I know the type of character I'm going to play. But I will play it religiously from start to finish over and over again and enjoy myself. Fallout 3 is the meh. I'll play it. It'll be, it'll be okay. It's not bad. I'm, you know, but at the end of the day, is it the most memorable of the Fallout games? To me, it's not. It's me. a well put together. Yeah, it's a well put together. It's a good game, but I'm whelmed. Fallout 4, and I incorporate Fallout 76 into the same category because it's essentially the same game, only they did different stuff. I'm, oh, mm -hmm. I tried. I really gave it a shot. I, the last time I tried to play Fallout 4, if you watched that stupid video that I made ranting on my dumbass porch, I freaking froze as soon as I went downtown because I have all the mods in the world to try to make the game <laughs> enjoyable. I uninstalled everything. I'm playing a vanilla Fallout 4 game. I got to Concord where you have to, it's, the, it's like the second main quest. You have to rescue the Minutemen right outside of your hometown. It's, I'm like a half an hour into the game. I can't. I put my controller down and I walked away. I'm like, you know what? No, I can't do it. I would much rather fire up that stupid Nintendo Switch and play God Forsaken Super Metroid that I have played countless times from 1990 freaking three and to have much more fun playing that than I would playing Fallout 4 from 2000 what the hell ever. Um, it's so freaking boring and stale and just abysmal. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to, to play that game. Modded, vanilla, I can't. I get so bored. Time stands still when I play that game. It's so boring. How do you have a franchise that puts out New Vegas, which is freaking amazing, and then you put out Fallout 4, which is just what I do in the morning when I'm half asleep and the poo just dribbles out. There's no forcefulness to it because I can't. I'm still half asleep, but my body's like, hey, you got to get this out of here or else you're going to be contaminated. So it just dribbles out. Just dribbling. It's the dribbling shits. I think we know the answer to that. It's, 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 it's because Obsidian versus Bethesda. Now, okay, so I... I'll I'll give you a little bit of blowback. Wait wait wait! Um, Before you do, I have a I have a question for Ransom. Oh. 
Do you do you have any uh do you have any emulators at all? No. Okay. If you happen to get one or need one or want one, I have a bunch of ROM hacks of Super Metroid from uh, that I got from Kitsune. I'm actually going to be playing one Saturday. I'm going to start one Saturday morning. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's going to be Super Metroid, but not the same old Super Metroid. Things are going to be moved around. Stuff's going to be different. So it'll be a whole new adventure, basically. So oh, the thing that I really want to get into with Super Metroid. Guess. The thing that I really want to get into with Super Metroid is the random the item randomizers. Yeah. I watch item randomizer competitions on YouTube all the time with Super Metroid. Mm -hmm. And that just adds an entire new challenge element to the game. Every like the map is still the same, but all the items, major, minor, they're all switched in different places. It makes you think you have to do hell runs where you have to go into Norfair into heated rooms without the various suit. Yep. It's it's it, adds a whole completely new level to that game and that's the one you know emulator that i would really love to get into base blow me back uh wait uh, okay so um <laughs> I, oh, the so, beef down for a long time i was kind of like a man without a home when it came to video games people were like what do you like to play and i'm like i don't I don't know, like, sometimes sports games, like, weird... I, I, I always called myself a niche gamer, like, weird little niche games. And then I figured out that I'm a survival guy. I love survival games. I don't care if it's set in Fallout, with dinosaurs, with monsters in space. If, if surviving is part of the game, and I can build... I can have hundreds of hundreds of hours of fun with it. So, with Fallout 76, I'll give it a pass. I think that particular game was released way too soon, and they 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 fucked up. They they fucked up real bad because it was very obviously just a cash grab. Um, that being said, I think the Fallout 4 has its merits. I think that Fallout 4 has a robust world. I think that Fallout 4 does a lot of inventive things, like the power armor. I love the way that the power armor is on Fallout 4. I think that the weak points, and, and a lot of the side stories in Fallout 4 are kind of drooly, and I, but I really enjoy the Fallout 4 DLC. I think it's all great, and um, I, I, I think that graphically it's very pleasing the problem is it's a bethesda game <sighs> is that it's fucking full of bugs like just it's 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 like in the wicker man when they put the fucking bee helmet on nick cage not, like, the, the, fucking, not the bugs not the bugs that i mean like representatively i can go back to fallout 3 i remember staying up till midnight the night that the pit dlc came out because i'm like fucking fallout pittsburgh awesome that fucking thing crashed Harder than fucking Dale Earnhardt, man. I'm telling you. Oh, oh my lord. You cross you Damn. cross Bet's Bridge and you see the fucking Pittsburgh skyline. You're like, oh, this is a great crash. You open it back oh. up. All kinds of fucking assets aren't loading. And I'm like, what the hell? And that's when I, that, that is when I knew what Bethesda was about. You, I'm you, hoping 
that with their merger with uh, Microsoft or Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda, maybe, maybe we'll get a New Vegas quality game. I, I don't think, no, no one's going to argue that, that New Vegas is, is a fucking thing of beauty. But here's the problem with New Vegas. Like you said, Ransom, I put oh, so much time into that game. I know where everything is. I know what to talk to all the people. I know where to find everything. I know exactly. Th- it's kind of droll for me. I'm like, you know what? Get me to level like whatever, 35, or whatever. So I'm going to old world blues. And so I can punch some death claws and I'm good. Like, you know, so, but, but I, I'll say this. The first like five or six, eight, ten run throughs of New Vegas were all kind of different because they all have a little bit of a different. Uh, ways you can go on them, and then you have you have like good endings with the way that you can go, the bad endings. So New Vegas, the the story for me, like the map is not that big, but the story, holy fuck, that's what keeps me coming back to New Vegas. So the 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 issues that you guys have with uh, have had with Fallout Four or the Pit DLC or any, never had any of those problems, never. And it, and it, and this is not me doing the standard soapbox thing of going PC master race. Like, listen, there were bugs, but it wasn't stuff that broke the game. It wasn't like when I played Batman Arkham Arkham origins and I was doing the fight to get disarm destroy. I was fighting. Uh, who was it? A task, not Taskmaster. Um, dead shot, dead shot. Sullivan. Yeah. Dead shot. Um, Kevin Sullivan. Um, I was doing. <laughs> oh. I was. I was. I was wow. fighting Deadshot. I can't, I can't believe the Taskmaster joke didn't go over. A no, it. Well, it. Um, well, it was but, a slow burn. But I was. I was fighting. I was fighting uh, Deadshot, and that when you defeat him, you get the ability disarm destroy, which is like super key in those games, in my opinion. And a lot of people have argued with me since then that you don't need the need it to beat the game. I proved that shit because. I got him down to his last little sliver of health and I punched him and he went flying through the wall and he got stuck and didn't die. So I couldn't get to him. He wouldn't come out like so. And and the way that Arkham Origins had their their quick save was weird. Sometimes you could go in and out of buildings and it would quick save. Sometimes it didn't. So I went, oh, I'll reload the area. I'll leave and I'll restart the fight. So I left. And this is, to be, it, admittedly, this is when I was still newer and I didn't save all the time. You know, Fallout taught me that. But, oh. like, I left and it quick saved. And oh. I went back in and he was still stuck in the wall. Oh, and the fight was no. where it was. So I had to run through that whole game without Disarm Destroy. And I'll tell you what, that game really leans on the fact at the end, when you're making the final rush to the end of the game, that you're going to have Disarm Destroy. I made it, but it was a pain in the ass. And I was like, no, I'm never playing this. And there were numerous times where I'd be like gliding and I'd go to like kick an enemy on the ground and I'd just fly straight through the floor. Just just into the void like and you just keep going and you freeze and you look up behind you and you can see the city just going away into the fog and like and like you would (laughs) you would like you would swing and punch you do like combos and you'd hear the impact but the guy would t-pose your enemy would t-pose and you'd stand there and go 
So is is he dead? And then like 30 seconds later, he go flying off because all of the, you know, <laughs> like it was just, it was a buggy gross mess. And to me, that game is unexcusable. With the Bethesda game, I know what I'm getting into. It's the same thing with Skyrim. Like if you, if, if you're getting into those games, they're so big, they're so massive, and there's so much to do, you're going to run into goofy shit. And in my opinion, for the most part, and I, again, this is bearing that I didn't have the experience that you guys did with Fallout 4 and, and uh, uh, the DLC for Fallout 3 and, and stuff like that. Now, I don't look at those as bugs. I call them features because they usually uh... make me lol. That's the that's the Bethesda tagline. They're not bugs. They're features. I uh, look, man. It, it was flying backwards. I I never <laughs> had anything happen that was game breaking to the point where it was like unplayable. It was always like, oh, that's weird. Okay, I guess I'll just reload my last save. But I saved like a compulsive maniac. So like, you know, I, it, I think it, there so you were able things. to re restart then. Yes. Like you were able to refit, you were able to fix it because you saved so frequently. Yes, I think there were a couple things in Fallout Three that did that. Fallout Four, I got no one to blame for myself because I had like fucking, I think what the the the, the total mod you could have was like four gigabytes, and I have like three point nine seven nine gigabytes. Oh, so yes. Like, there's a lot of shit going on. So, like, I come out of a building and I hear the, and I'm like, well, okay, time to figure out which mod's fucked. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I spend the next five hours of my life figuring out which mod. And Brittany's like, you're not even playing the game. And I said, well, shut up. Let me enjoy my game how I want to enjoy it, damn it. Now, like, shut up, you. I don't, I don't want to play with mods. I'm like, well, then you don't it's play like, with mods. You, know, you, you, you enjoy Fallout the way that you're supposed to. You, it's you, like... Damn it. It's it's like when you have a game like something like Cyberpunk or something where you spend like two and a half hours customizing your character that you never see. What but, the fuck? But, but oh god damn it, god. you gotta but the god damn it, you gotta you gotta customize that character and you gotta spend two and a half hours or like same you thing with like WWE. The fucking Hold on pubes Dude, on, on, on fucking cyberpunk and you never see the damn character once. I was just about to say, like, or or it's well, like WWE 2K20 when you spent all this time fucking making a creative wrestler, and so everything's so intricate, and then the fucking shit doesn't load for you, like, like during the oh entrances, and it's just like, what the fuck just happened? Why did I waste my time? I didn't even get to start playing the game because I spent fucking, you know, half a day customizing a goddamn character or now, something. Mm -hmm. Now, beef, beef had a good had a had a good statement earlier. He, he you know, he uh. he put his flag in the ground of survival games. You know yeah. what I mean? He put his yeah. flag in the ground there. If you guys were to say what kind of game, you know, like you say, oh, I'm a survival gamer. Like that's like kind of where you again plant your flag. What would you guys say you are? Ransom, you go first, because this is going to take me a minute to think. <laughs> uh, it's super easy for me. That's first-person shooter. It can be Old West. It can be space opera. It, you know, it could be military. It doesn't matter. I love a first-person shooter. And I understand that's broad, because you could think of Fallout as a first-person shooter, because you see yourself in a first-person view. But those are the games that I like. I don't like third-person view games. If you give me the option to play a third-person view or a first-person view, it's first all the live long day. I have wanted for so long, and I, I, I got it many, many years ago, 
with the GameCube. I wanted a first-person shooter Metroid. They gave that to me. Thank you, Nintendo. I've also wanted, probably ever since I played the first-person game that I've ever had, GoldenEye, I've wanted a first-person Zelda. Nintendo! There's no more excuses. None. There's zero excuses. If Bethesda, the buggiest video game manufacturer who ever manufactured a video game, can buggy their way through fucking Elder Scrolls, Nintendo, with all of your Japanese money, yen, you can give me a first-person Zelda. Don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me, oh, Zelda's meant to be, you know, third person, so you can see Link, you can see the tunic. I don't want to see his tunic. I don't give a shit about your tunic. I don't give a shit about your green floppy hat. Give me the ability to see a sword and a shield as I would wield the master sword in all of my anger and let me cut the shit out of Ganon. Why can't you do that for me? Very angry. <laughs> Poots? Uh, I would probably, I would probably say, uh, that I'm a, uh, uh, roguelike, roguelite, uh, gamer. I just seem that whenever I don't know what to play or I have free time, I like them because usually, and I'm talking things like the binding of Isaac, uh, dead cells. Um, let's see what, what, what else, um. Let me Cell actually games. look here. Um, yeah, Binding of Isaac, Dead Cells. Uh, I would even kind of put Loop Hero in there, even though it's not really like a roguelike. It kind of is, but it's also deck building, which is a little weird. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, Undermine is another really good one. Uh, inside, even though it's Inside and uh, Limbo. I know I'm no I know I'm being very broad with this, but it's those kind of games that are like because you can sit down and you can spend hours upon hours with them and you, and every run is different and every run is new and every run is ex, is like something you find something different or a different synergy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's it's always engaging. Like every time you sit down and go, am I going to have a good run or am I going to have a bad run? And it forces you to really learn the game, um, and 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 plus they're they're usually challenging. Like things, like Enter the Gungeon is another good one. Uh, another good example. Uh, yeah, Ransom, you would love Enter the Gungeon. You would love that game. Um, is it's, it a gun dungeon? Because sign it, me up. It is a gun dungeon. You are trying to get the bullet that can kill time. Yes. Like, yeah, it's now it's a bullet hell. So but it's a rogue like but it's it's games that it's like here's very basic controls. Good luck. And you have to like anytime you die in the game, it's never the game cheated you. You are always at fault when you die. Like Ooh. and I love that. I love that because the impetus is on you. The game has rules and it goes, here's what we're doing every time. It's on you to get better. Um, and you would think that that attitude would extend to things like Dark Souls. It doesn't. I really, I love the lore of Dark Souls. I love the world of Dark Souls. I love the characters, the, the art style, everything. 
I fucking hate playing those games. And I have them. And I, I am dead and determined. Every time that I hate myself, I play Dark Souls and I feel better about myself. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. well, at least I'm not playing Dark Souls. Not saying it's a bad game or game series. I'm just saying that it's so hard that when you're done, you're like, well, life's not so bad. Um, mm-hmm. So that's probably probably where I sit. Or games yeah. that are an experience, you know, like that that you're also in in command of, like, uh, um, con- I'm playing a game called Control right now, and it's like, it, it's the Belco experiment meets H.P. Lovecraft. It's like the right kind of fucked up. Like it, it it's so good. Cu- oh, Cuphead's another example. Uh, Hades, like stuff like that. <laughs> oh my god, I cu- I actually I actually got to the very end of Cuphead and still never beat it. I just stopped. Dude, you got through the the hardest fights in that game. Say the the Satan fights not nearly as hard as some of the other fights in that game. No, I'm I'm up well, uh, yeah. Are you I'm on are bit. you on King Dice? Yeah. Oh, you're on King Dice. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I understand. Yeah, I I got to, I got to King Dice and I just stopped. Plus the soundtrack. The other thing is the soundtracks for roguelikes and roguelites are usually bangers. Every single one of them has a banger soundtrack. Go on, Beef. The, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Uh, the the it, it's gotten such to the point with survival games for me, where like there there are games that I pick up and they don't have a creative player, or they have a very shallow creative, like like actually like visually creative player. I'm like that fucking sucks. I'm out. Like I'm done. Uh, it could be the best game in the world if I can't make my character look how I want him to look. Fuck it. I'm out. It's gotten to the point now where it's like, if I can't pick up this game and make some sort of a fucking base for myself, I'm out. Like, I'm not interested. Um, that's like, I, I played fucking Minecraft forever, which is like almost, I don't want to say the first survival game, but in a lot of ways it kind of was. Um, where like you, you, you have to like fend off creatures, you have to survive, you have to eat, you have to fucking build shit. So like, it, it's gotten to the point where it's like, listen... If if I can't at least have some sort of semblance of control over how at least like one base in one part of the game looks, I'm out. That's fair. I can I, understand that. But like, okay. Anyway, uh, Tom, what's your answer before I before I ask Beef a question that's going to probably piss him off? Tom, what's no, your no. answer? No, go ahead, piss him off. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be an ordeal, Tom. I want to hear your answer first. um i would say it's hard for me because i really am a variety kind of player uh it really depends on what i'm in the mood for and i'd like to mix things up um but at at a heart at the heart i would say if you had to generalize it i'd say an an adventure slash story type of game i need something i either need to I, I either need to have a good mixture of action and puzzles, um, you know, to make me think, um, or I have to have a really good storyline to keep me engaged. Like, cause like survival horror at its essence is, you know, can be considered like an adventure. Like mm-hmm. I love the, I, 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 cause I don't want to say just survival horror, and I don't want to copy beef and say survival. Like, I mean, like the last of us one and two were fucking masterpieces of games. And I love those. Um, 
but then you look into like a survival horror like you know anything like the resident evil series there's that uh fatal frame fucking phenomenal story just fucked up bad stuff. gameplay though uh, yeah what? it it's yeah. it's not the best which which one did you play uh it, uh it was one that was on i think it was on xbox was it on xbox i can't remember i just remember playing a fatal frame game and being frustrated as fuck by the controls there's your problem fishbulb oh i'm a master racer oh damn listen here Calm down. Calm what? down there. Oh, calm down there. I got the buggy glitches that that the Yeah. I didn't have hey, to worry hey, guess about what? guess what? I got that on Xbox. Anyways. Hey, I want to say this real quick, Tom. Uh, Did you ahead. are you familiar with Skyrim? I I played it and I didn't get far and then I never continued playing it. So I've been on this Super Metroid kick as of re recently, watching these randomized tournaments and whatnot. Yeah. And I will say this for the PC Mass Race because damn damn it all, if I didn't look on the mods list for Skyrim on the Xbox and it was not there, somebody straight up modded uh, Skyrim to where every dragon is a version of Ridley. That's awesome. You Some were straight up, like some dragons were straight up Ridley. Some were meta Ridley. Uh, one was like Omega Ridley from uh, Prime 3. Yeah. It looked super badass, and I got real mad because I don't game on the PC. I just game on stupid Xbox and Switch. And nope, that, that mod is definitely not in the mod list on Xbox. And I got very sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I, I'd say if anything comes down to me, it comes down to having a good adventure slash storyline. Um, you know, uh, the like Super Metroid, it's a good adventure game. You explore a lot. You know, Legend of Zelda, you explore it a lot. Plus, it has a decent, a decent little storyline to it, depending on which game you're playing. Yeah, well, um, and I think you know, I, I think I think that the, that that's the mark of a great game is that it can make you genre bend. Um, yeah, like you know, like Legend of Zelda. I'll play pretty much any Legend of Zelda game. I don't care what the style is. Like I'm into it. You know. If it's a great or like you know even I'll 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 I'll, I'll say this uh, Call of Duty like um, Black Ops great game uh, I hate it because I'm awful at it but man what a fun game I'll Halo Halo's a fucking blast playing dude I'll tell you, tell you what that, probably you know. probably one of the most uh, complete games and complete series of games that mixes good storytelling uh, action and just exploring and some puzzles god of war hands down one of the best series ever i and i i mean just the greek mythology and everything that's that's phenomenal in itself the way that they you know incorporated all the greek mythology into the first uh the first three games and the I've other never played uh, any of those but i've heard dude, wonderful things yeah they're oh all God, they're, so... they're playstation exclusive now that i have a ps4 i may actually go back and try to like you know you should you really I'm, really I'm, should I'm, Honestly, I'm a big, like, big mythology guy. Like that was like I, I was an English teacher. That was my gig. Like I love doing the Greek mythology stuff. Like okay, so God of uh, God of War one, two, and three were all awesome. Even the ones that were on PSP that the that you ended up getting eventually is like the God of War Saga collection. Um, it was uh, Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta. Those were actually both pretty decent too. 
Um, and then God of War 4, uh, or, you know, just God of War, again, because they just couldn't put the 4 in there for some reason. I don't know why, but whatever. God of War 4 on PS4 was awesome with the switch over from the Greek to the Norse mythology. Ah, oh, so good. I can't, I cannot wait for God of War 5. I can't wait. <laughs> it, like, so... The, Will you please get to the point where you piss beef off? I'm waiting for that. <laughs> All right. So here's here's my thing. I I gotta ask, man. Now I I I will preface this. I will preface this with the fact that I completely understand modding a game to where you where it's quality of life stuff. Like for example, in the Binding of Isaac, you had before they made it a standard thing, and mods can be good because they'll they can influence the actual game like the creator can go oh that's a great idea let's add that in the next update you know what i mean and hell binding of isaac repentance just dropped there was a whole dlc called binding of isaac um anti-birth um that came out and these people completely they made a whole new path they made new bosses like 300 plus new items like and it all worked and it was all really good and it fit the art style it felt like it fit in the game so Ed edmund mcmillan hired them and said let's make this official and they worked together and thus we got binding of isaac repentance which is basically an official version of antibirth and like so i get it like i can i can understand and see like you know oh this is awesome that this happens and mods can be a really good thing. However, I do not understand modding a game to hell and back to where it's just unrecognizable. I will not ever understand that. Like it and 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 I understand wanting to tailor tailor an experience to yourself, but like that's the thing is you run into problems like the game just going the fuck do I do with all this nonsense like you know what I mean like it and and it crashes and in my opinion and this is where the 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 argument will start or beef will get mad at me uh -oh. or maybe a little bit of both in my opinion two things the game and you usually do this to to your credit you should enjoy the vanilla version of the game and then upon subsequent playthroughs go okay let's see what ifs like the like for me skyrim never had a desire to mod skyrim i loved it i loved it i loved it the way it was i had no desire to mod skyrim none fallout never really had a desire to mod fallouts i can understand some of the cool like you know changing colors of lasers or stuff like that that's fine but like you know, games like modding them to the inch of their life, it completely is just like to me, I'm like, why though? Like, I don't get it. And the other thing is too, then if you do that, you lose the ability to bitch about a game not working. Like you lose that ability because you have basically reprogrammed the whole game. And if the core source code of it doesn't know what to do with it and it crashes all the time, then you can't complain. No, I, I, I'm, listen, Boot, I'm, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to fight you. You're, you're 100% correct. Because once you take that step, once you start downloading shit, you are then saying, okay, 
this is on me. If shit goes wrong, and I'm fucking 400 into, hours into the game, and I hit a f- game-breaking glitch, that's what you sign up for. So yes, like you can experience super highs, you can experience super lows. Um, so here's how I treat mods. I treat mods like expansions on the game. I will play the vanilla game. Uh, in some cases, m- minus like QOL stuff, like um, like in Cyberpunk, for example. Uh, one of the first things I did was find a mod where I can change my appearance because, again, by God, you put a fucking hour at the beginning of the game customizing every fucking freckle on your damn body. It's not quite that in-depth, but you can fucking customize a lot. How big did you make your dong? Uh, I didn't. That's 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 weird. I, I tend to, like, shy away from that kind of thing on video games. Ooh, so the size of a pencil. Yeah. Um, Long and thin. I just default Long anyway. Short um, wide. The oh, the uh, the, the <laughs> point pack, here five pack is of that, <laughs> like you 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 put so much time in it and then you look a you never see your character so first things first third person mod uh where I can like switch back and forth second is where you you spend so much time altering your person you can never change your fucking appearance not your hair not your fucking hair color you can change your clothes but that's it. And it's like, what the fuck? No. So that was the second thing I did. Outside of like quality of life mods like that. Yes, you play the game straight through. You play it as it's intended. You play a second time to get a different storyline. Uh, you play a third time. But eventually, that shit wears out. Uh, at least for me. Uh, obviously, Ransom's on playthrough like 2,577 of uh, New Vegas. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, but uh, like for me, to me, um, no. like that 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 shit gets real old, and I'm like, okay, I know this is here, this is okay. So how do I fix that? Well, what if I add some new enemies, and I download a mod for that, or what? And and honestly, a lot of the mods I download too are like expansion on like customization mods, either like expanding how my character looks. Axe, wields weapons, uh, clothing, or building. Like, those are the biggest mods I have are building mods because it's like, hey, the game did a great job supplying me with X, Y, and Z, but you know what? Like, maybe in the middle of my desolate fucking wasteland, like, if I'm some fucking king, if, I, if, if I'm a god of the wasteland, if I am a wasteland god, um, I'm not going to be living in some fucking aluminum shack. Hell no! I'm going to get people to bring me the fucking finest lumber and glass and metal from fucking hours away so that I can build a fucking monument to myself so that I can sit in my fucking ivory tower and be like, that's right, bitches. The fucking man has come back in town. I I, I just feel like that there's... Oh, ten petty, yeah. Well, no, like, I I, I feel like... Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because... Uh, maybe it's just different mentalities. Like when I went into Fallout Three or or Fallout New Vegas, I, you know, I never like I like the idea of having even if you do control everything and you are the king of the castle, a monster truck that walks like a man. You know what I mean? Like you, 
you sh you're still at the behest of the world around you. To me, that creates an immersive experience because despite all your power, despite all your efforts, despite all your ruling with an iron fist, that doesn't change the flow of time and the way the world is. You can't impact it that hard. To me, it still is like that's the acceptance of like this is the world we're in. You know what it's I mean? Finite. It's fine. Yeah, no, I, and, I, 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 definitely understand. And like I said, it's not, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. I'm trying to. Uh, oh fuck! It's been a long I got, time. I got a I've question for Poot. Vortex. Okay. Uh, Poot, you never had the, you never had the urge in Skyrim to mod the dragons to look like Macho Man Randy Savage and go, oh yeah. No, because that, that would infinitely annoy the fuck out of me like oh, I, it, that's it, the it, first thing i did dude, dude it, <laughs> like I I, I I saw videos of it it made me lol and i was done like i did not need like i think it's because when i play a game like that i want the immersion of the world and if all of a sudden i hear macho's coming like i'm like that that pulls me out of it like i oh. i think maybe it's because i want that's why I loved Breath of the Wild so much. When I played that game, I felt like I could sink into it. I could forget everything else. I could forget, you know, if people like the noise of the world and just be. And I'll that's why what, I, I didn't I didn't have the issue that the soundtrack was so minimal because I thought that was going to be a problem for me because I love music and video games. Right. And, and obviously. And yeah, it, it, it's that. Like, but it was that sparseness, that 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 fact that it was so minimal. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll tell you something. One one mod that I've seen that actually made a survival horror game scarier was for uh, the Resident Evil Two remake. Whenever they modded Mister X to be Thomas the Train, <gasps> seeing that motherfucker coming around the corner is way scarier than Mister X. That's fair. By God. Well, oh. no, and and I'm well, not I'm not saying I'm no, completely no, against no, mods. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm I'm with you on it. Like, I mean, if I if I'm playing a game, I like, I I want to be immersed. I want to, you know, I'm I'm all in on it. It's I'm, escapism. I'm my yeah, it is. It is honestly. Or it's uh, if it's not an immersion into into the world of the video game, it's a. Um, it's a concentrated effort on improving performance. Like, like literally. Okay. So perfect example. When, um, whenever, whenever I did my, uh, Mega Man X run this week, which by the way is currently the, the best run. Number not many one. People, not, not many people have run this week, but the one other guy that's in the league, he's not in my division. Thankfully. Um, he's in, uh, he's in the he's in a whole nother conference but notwithstanding he he runs mega man he speed runs mega man x a lot he didn't even finish the game he got up to like sigma three and died like three or five times in a row and by all accounts if he would have not died he would have actually beaten the game like by like a good six to seven minutes faster than me but he didn't. Oh. And I was like, yeah. I was like, all right. So technically, as of my right now, best run of the week. But again, so like, you know, I'm familiar with that game. I like it. I, I run it over and over again. 
And usually whenever I do it, I do uh, I do like a hundred percent run on it, like you know, get the Hadouken and everything. Ooh. Um but you know, for, for this case, only having the hour time limit, I was like, well, that might be a little hard. Let's let's just try not to backtrack. And it literally went from like beating the game in like an hour and 15 minutes or so to like beating it in an hour and like five minutes and then like an hour, three minutes and just like just making fine tunes to that. So if um, if if I don't have a game where it's like, uh, you know, I'm not immersing my, uh, myself in the world of Mega Man X, like let's let's be real. It's a platformer or whatever. But for me on that one, then it's a matter of, OK, like, how can I do this part a little bit better? How can I how can I get a little bit faster here? How can I do whatever better? It's, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that as well, too. So uh, I feel you on that, you know, you know, and and and, uh, you know, we um, just uh, just giving a time checking game. We are at about an hour and a half. Um, right. Uh, but uh, just just general just general general knowledge. Um, general and, and, knowledge. and that's general the thing knowledge. is, like I said, it is with a game that I have beaten to death, like absolutely mm-hmm. beaten to death and done everything and seen every, you know, experienced everything that that game has to offer before I put it away on the shelf until I get dewy eyed and want to do it again. I generally will go. All right. Let's see what weird bullshit we can do. You know what I mean? Well, I will so I do that. So so I think that you maybe think that I play games differently with mods. I don't like the, you know there 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 aren't uh, uh sandworms coming out of 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 the capital wasteland like uh I don't I don't have fucking like Sasquatch running around. Um you know it's 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 all very much in the same vein of the game. Um it's just like you know, for example, I think I downloaded a mod for um, the uh, oh I don't remember the now the 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 Sephiroth sword from Final Fantasy VII in Fallout Three. Like, is that canon or not Fallout Three? Fallout Four is that canon? No, but like, does it fit with a lot of the fucking weird shit in Fallout Four? Yep, yep. Like Fallout is a series based on like weird shit. Like it's based upon obviously the apocalypse but then like you know weird fucking like little tinges of like alien and like outer limits shit like that so like uh, you know the, the macho man dragon mod for 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 example like i i same thing i, I got some lulls i never downloaded for myself because that is like immersion breaking um but like you know I mostly with mods for me anyway. I, I do a lot of quality of life stuff, a, a lot of like graphical enhancements, a lot of like, hey, make my follower better, make my follower not so shitty, like things that people are like, hey, the developers should have done this and they didn't. Um, nothing that's like terribly like you know, out of source, you know. No, and that's fair, but like it, it's when it's when you get into mods that like give you infinite blank or like. Not you. I mean the royal you, the editorial. Like, yeah, it's yeah. when people well, I mean, go that's like, when you're just playing God mode, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, and that, and to me, like, that's the, the, that's what a lot of people do is they just get boring with it. And I'm like, to me, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's not exciting. That's not interesting. That's not immersive. It's just faffery. Like, it, I'm, it's not fun. Well, I'll it depends you, on what you want to do. You know, if, if, if you're in those games wanting 
to build, wanting to make settlements, wanting to, and again, I'm, I'm leaning on Fallout 4 because that's what the most I've modded, really. Um, if, if, if you're in those games to make awesome fucking settlements, like, you don't give a fuck about creatures coming at you, you know, you, you want it so that you can basically one-punch anything. I get that. And again, like, I think you said this a, a little bit ago, you gotta tailor-make the game for you, you know? You, you have to pick what you love about the game and amplify that. I, I I'll tell you one thing that I, I'll tell you one thing that pisses me off. Not so much mods, but one thing that really pisses me off about games, especially nowadays, is being able to buy your way through the game. And I say that in oh, yeah. regards to like how back like transactions. The, yep. Uh, here we go. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna sound like the old crusty man. <clears throat> Back in my day, you actually had to play through the game to discover secrets and this and that and, you know, cool Easter eggs. Now, you know, you can buy something. I have no problem with, like, loot crates if it's something that, like, doesn't give you a distinct advantage over somebody else who doesn't buy whatever, you know, said item X, Y, or Z in order to beat the game. Like if you were playing, if you were, it, it'd be like, you know, if you're, I, I don't know if this exists or not, cause I don't play call of duty, but like, say if you're playing call of duty and, uh, you know, it, it, somebody was able to buy a gun that was like the God gun or whatever. And it like, you know, fucking one shot killed you every single time they hit you versus like, you know, you're stuck with, even the best version of whatever guns you have that are, you know, part of the game that you didn't actually have to spend real life money on. I think that's some bullshit or, you know, something like that. If whatever you buy, like I said, gets you through the game easier, like significantly, like just makes it, you know, basically, you know, makes you like God mode or whatever. I think that's bullshit. I, I hate that. I hate microtransactions like that. And, I, I it's just I, I it takes it takes it, it sucks the fun out of gaming for me and it makes it like it, it makes me think that developers and stuff will continue to make games like this and tailor it to those people that do shit like that and instead of actually making a game worthwhile for you know everybody else I, I continuously me... they're gonna continuously make money off of it. Let me let me put a caveat on that. I I agree to a point. If you so if 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 we're talking strictly like PVP, yeah, no no fucking loot crates, no fucking loot boxes, no fucking like pay to win. If we're talking PVE, I, I'm I'm even sketchy on that. But does Fallout seventy six have that? Uh, Fallout seventy six is very PVP light. Uh, because it, you know, the the community, the community quickly found out that you can be dickwads and uh, embrace that immediately. So uh, they they they, they kind of nerfed it. You can still PvP, but it but it but it's very, um, it's very kind of hands off with PvP. No, I mean uh, like microtransactions. Um, micro yes machines. And, no. and 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 here's oh, here's no. what I mean by that. And and here's where I kind of am, am getting with this point. I think if you are offering something up that you can get with like hundreds of hours of grind of grinding, 
that's not going to like give you a competitive advantage against anybody else in the game. Fuck it. If 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 you want to sell that shit, uh, um, for example, I'll 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 go old school here. GTA Five Online shark cards. Um, pretty much the 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 first microtransaction. Um, like, and and GTA is rough because I mean, pretty much even vehicles will give you a competitive advantage, but I mean. Realistically, like you're not doing anything that's going to absolutely like a, a pay to win button. If 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 you're eliminating hundreds of hours of grinding to do something, fuck it, man. It's 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 their money. Let them live. Um, with Fallout, for example, and I hate going back to Fallout because that's I played. I put a lot of fucking hours in the Fallout series. You don't um, say. Cue the Nicholas Cage. You don't say. Uh, seventy six. I put a fucking like I played seventy six for pretty much a year straight, and that's all I played. Um. They had a thing where you could be Fallout First members, which is you pay a monthly subscription fee, and with that you get so many of their atoms, which is something you can use in a microtransaction store to buy stuff, stuff that's not in you know out in the game world, and it's pretty much all, um, all uh, um, I don't, I don't say graphical, um, basically like uh, skins, building supplies for your camps. Things like that. Something, nothing that's going to be like a god button against any other player, you know, or, or or any other like thing in the game. You still have to compete with other players to like at, at the, the the events. It just give it just makes you look prettier. Right um, now, I, I'm I'm with like I, I I'm with you on it. Like I, that's basically was my point. Like I don't want a pay to win button. Like right. I'll give you a perfect example. I, don't ask me how I got into this. I, I'm not usually one that gets into mobile games, but. Um, I, I was playing uh, Golf Clash for a while on mobile, and it, it, was, um, it was definitely like you could get so far before like you were almost forced to buy stuff to actually be able to keep, like to be able to keep up with competing with people. And we had um, there were like there were like different guilds and stuff that you could join or whatever, like different big golf groups and you know, you had uh, you could basically compete against other other groups and stuff like that. So you had like, I think, like 30 people in your group and, you know, you would have like there would be like weekly uh, tournaments or whatever and stuff like that, you know, and, and you would get more you would get more uh, items and stuff like that and whatever, you know, depending on how well your team did and stuff. But the game made it almost to a point where it's like if you didn't buy these special balls that reduced like wind speed and if you didn't buy this particular club or whatever, um, that it made it so fucking near impossible to be able to play through some of the holes that you were screwed and you were destined to lose. That's the shit that I don't like. Like, that's what I'm saying. I don't. Well, I that's, don't yeah. that's, that's honestly like. And, and and I think that developers get that with like, and forgive me, because I I I'm I'm a guy who's accepting of all gamers, including mobile gamers, but uh, I think developers of real video games, uh, really haven't gone that route where that, they're giving an I win button for PvP and PVE. That's what I'm saying, though. I I, I worry that the way I it see I, the yes. way I see shifting of things, that it's a slippery slope that people could go down to that. Because I swear to God, every fucking mobile game. Th this yep. is gonna be my rant. 
every fucking mobile game is the same thing. Yep. Be, like all the ones I see advertised, they're all like Candy Crush. It doesn't matter which variation of Candy Crush or fucking uh, Dragon's Escapade. It's all a fucking game of columns. That's all it is. That's literally all it is. Match three in a row. And yeah, that's all it is. It's I, I hate it. I fucking hate it. Well, yeah. Or the ones where they trick you into something where it's like, oh, hey, like, check this out. Can you solve this puzzle? And then like and then you get to that. And then it's like, nope, it's Candy Crush fucking variation number six hundred and forty five thousand. It's the same fucking thing i hate it i hate it i hate it well and and i think that goes but that but the thing is that that's not in my opinion that's not gaming that's people uh tapping into the the mental part of a person that that like it, it it's the same thing as gambling like you know it's that instant gratification and that like quick dopamine dump that you oh, get yeah. from like open that's why loot crates are so addictive and that's why people buy the fuck out of loot crates yep, like that's exactly it, it it absolutely is and that's a problem is that those mobile games and and i'm even guilty of it i haven't paid for it but it's a game called cookie clicker and it's it's a it, it is arguably the dumbest game in the world like do if if you if you have it's i don't know if it's available on the itunes store but I, I know it's on it's on Android. Just do yourself a favor and download it. You will download it and you'll do exactly what I did. You'll be like, man, this is the dumbest thing. The, whoever told me about it is stupid. Why would I ever play this? And then well, you're micromanaging octillions of cookies that you're baking at one time. And you're trying to just do yourself a favor and check it out. It's called Cookie Clicker. And but it gives you that instant gratification and that like well if I just get a couple more then I can buy this thing to make me bake cookies faster and then I'll do but it gives you that like instant kind of gratification but it still pulls you along enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, that, that, like, uh, what was the what was the there was one I was playing for a little bit. Um, I I don't know what it was. Every once in a while I would find like I would see a mobile ad and I'm like oh. Like I saw like some sort of uh, zombie survival game on mobile. It, it was kind of more like a, uh, it was like zombie survival meets fucking, um, almost like Candy a, what? Candy Crush? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it, it, um, God, I'm trying to think. Like your basic type of simulator thing, you know, like you have to it, kind of almost like a Command and Conquer, Farmville sort of, you know, one of those. Right. You know. Um, but Real I played it for a little. What's that? Real time strategy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I was losing the words there. Um, yeah, something like that. I, I had that for a little while, and then uh, it, you know, it was getting to the point where I was like, no, like it wants me to sink money into it, and I'm not gonna. Um, or fucking what else was there? Oh, there, there was one. Uh, Sniper Elite on mobile. It's like, oh yeah, like if I well, if I just buy this pack of gems, I could I could upgrade this and be done with it faster. It's like, no, no, just wait, just wait the fucking four or five hours for the for the cooldown. Just just don't waste your money. Yeah, please. like it and and that's 
that's kind of the thing is that it makes you go like, well, how can I make this happen faster so you can get that dopamine dump thing? Yep. And that, and that's why I, you I know, like that's why I like roguelike so much is because it's all on you. You, you know, you, you know who's responsible for all the all the pay to pay to play stuff, the freemium stuff. What? The Canadian Devil. The, <laughs> oh, the Canadian watch, Devil. Watch, watch watch that episode Lord. of South Park if you haven't that's already. That's a funny episode. That's a really funny episode. Well, and and it's I feels a boot. I know I'm doing uh, the um uh I I know I'm I'm doing like a whiplash hard change here and I know we are getting long in the tooth to turn a phrase but um I I was thinking about like talking about like music and video games and stuff like that I was thinking about it today and I I watch a lot of YouTube channels that are like um you know musicologists that that are reacting to music that they wouldn't normally react to you know that are like hearing either like, there's a fella like i think the, it's the i was gonna say the one name? the one like voice instructor that listens to sound of silence as she's like kind of breaking down like you know his yeah. voice and everything like that when he does when he does that yes but she was the one who kind of got me into that genre and i just okay. saw her and i was like ooh, hot musicologist um <laughs> Uh, and, but her analysis is really good. Her now, mm -hmm. and the best thing is when she's never heard a song before and then she hears like someone's voice and she's just stunned by it. You know what I mean? Um, right. but they're like her. And then there's this guy, I can't remember his, his YouTube channel's name right now. Um, but he's a, he's a classical composer and he reacts to like a lot of heavy metal stuff. Like he did uh, blood brothers by iron maiden from when they did rock and Rio and he like breaks down just by listening. He's like, "Oh yeah, this is in G minor. Now it's going to this." Now, but he like talks about it, and it kind of like it's interesting. And then he he was doing before we before we started this recording. I was listening to him. He was reacting to the Devin Townsend project. Um, he was reacting to the song. Um, actually, let me let me pull it up because I I had uh, failure. The song failure by Devin Townsend band or Devin Townsend project. And it's, first of all, it's one of those things. You ever have that time where like, you'll, you'll listen, you'll like forget about a song and then you run into it that way and you go, Oh yeah, what a good song. And then all of a sudden for two weeks, all you listen to is that band. Yeah. Do you, do you I, that happens to me once a year with Coheed and Cambria. I just, I just did that over this weekend um, with uh, him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The what 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 album? Um, I I kind of bounce between a few. I'll do the. I'm trying to remember. Dark Light, Razorblade Romance, Love Metal, and I can't remember what other one I like because because there's like a few songs that I really really like off of a couple a couple different albums. Right. Like like off of Dark Light, I like you know Vampire. Uh, oh, well, Rip Out the Wings of a Butterfly. Yeah. Um. And then, like, off of one of the other ones, I like um, uh, Buried Alive by Love. Uh, what the fuck else is there? Beyond Redemption. Like, I, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I definitely do that. Yeah. Well, like, just, it, and I know it was kind of like a hard turn away from video games, but it was just something that I wanted to talk about. Because, like, dude, there's so much, there's so much good stuff out there that, like, you 
you, you listen to and like, you know, I was going through because I got I decided to join the 21st century and get unlimited data. Um, so I got. Spot yeah, I got Spotify. And so I'm just like constantly going like, oh, I'm going to listen to Gamma Ray. I'm going to listen to go back and listen to Fozzie's shitty old dis discography. I'm going to listen to <laughs> like, you know, um, and and then I remembered I was like, oh, yeah, I have all this music that I've actually bought on my phone and I was going through and I was looking at the music that I have and I was like, Oh man, I have like the band tear and rivers of Nile. Um, I have the album, the violent sleep by Mashuga. Like I, and I was just kind of going back through and been like, man, I haven't listened to this stuff in forever. <laughs> and listen about, about once every six months or so, my girlfriend and I, we will, we'll be looking for something to listen to in the car. And it's just one of these things. It's a palate cleanser for us because it makes us appreciate all the good music we do listen to. Right. But we'll go back and we'll throw on Insane Clown Posse. No. Just because. <laughs> now, granted, I'll be sitting there and I know the words and I'm rapping along to, to the shit from the great Malenko and Riddlebox albums. But, man, when we really sit back and reflect on it, it's just like, this really wasn't that good. No. Like, <laughs> at all <laughs> like i i don't know it's it's just uh but no. but it happens about once every six months or so just like it's like hey let's put on some icp why not oh yeah oh yeah like um i yeah i i i i um i i still haven't joined the 21st century and gotten spotify but to be fair i have literally like over ten thousand songs on my ipod so well and and yeah. <laughs> but well, and that's the thing is that like you know, like I don't like supporting Spotify because they royally fuck over the artists. Um, there's actually a bit a movement in uh, Europe right now. Like there's a lot of like big name artists that are going like, no, Spotify's bullshit. If people buy our records, we get fifty percent of royalties. But from Spotify, they get like a fraction like a fraction of a fraction of that. Like is some, it going to be like is it going to be like this generation's like Napster movement? It well kind of, but it's what they're not trying to get rid of Spotify because Spotify things like Spotify and iTunes and whatever. Like whatever streaming service in Amazon Music or whatever, you um they're trying to get um copyright and royalty laws or uh, like like those those laws changed so that Spotify actually benefits the artist. What was the I I can't remember the stat, but it was like you remember the song "Happy" by Pharrell Williams, B. Fransom. You guys remember that song? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was everywhere, and it was played like millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of times on Spotify. And Pharrell saw like seven thousand dollars. Oh yeah, like and and that's the thing is that like you know. And I was I was drunkenly waxing on this idea with uh, my my bass player and singer from Hellbent. You know, Chris, my singer, is 50 and uh, Matt is 40, 42. And so, like, oh. Chris grew up like he was a teenager when the 80s happened. You know what I right. mean? Like he he was he was in the thick of it. Now, obviously, he was living in Clearfield, but like it, but but still, it was like that was like pop culture at the time. It was new, it was exciting, and 
bands were getting signed and making all this crazy money. And there's a part of that old guard, especially Scott Ian from Anthrax. He said like, oh, they just don't want to get out there and road dog it like we used to. Duh. It's, that's not the case. It's that like, like there's, there's a pop artist in England right now. She's like, I can't, again, I feel bad. I should probably write these names down and try and remember, but she like is had like an album that has won awards and like, she's an up and coming artist and her album has been played, you know, thousands upon thousands of times on Spotify and it's been purchased and stuff. And because of the way that record companies run things, she had to move back in with her parents cause she quit her job to pursue this. And she has all this success. If you look at the numbers, but she's not getting the money for it. Right. And, and it's, it's I, a tragedy, man. No, I'm with you on that. Um, one thing that you made me, uh, that jumped into my mind. I don't know if you're going to get a chance to watch it or anybody else will. Um, I think it's going to be on Amazon prime video. Um, but at the end of the month, there's going to be a documentary, uh, Dave Grohl's doing. It's just kind of about, um, sound just, city. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the documentary. It's going to be like him and a whole bunch of other different, uh, musicians and stuff like that. Talking about like the days of, you know, getting out on the road, like, you know, just playing it like, playing music in your garage with your band and then getting out, you know, getting out in a fucking old shitty beat up van and going and hitting the roads and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm all in message me and let me know what it is and I'll make sure to take a look at it. But, and and I'll, I'll stop waxing on this because it's obviously something that I'm, I'm very passionate about is, is the support of the arts, especially as we move forward into the future. But here's the thing though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to counter argument here. Uh-oh. I think that Spotify is a great thing. It is, but they should. It should be. They should be paid and compensated, though. Oh well, yes. You, you're Man, not gonna win this argument, Beef. But I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Though. You know what, though? Like, I, you know, I, <laughs> I got a bad, bad time, feeling bad for millionaires trying to make more money. Um. Music is a gift. Um, I'm 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 a fairly pious fellow, and I think that if you are musically inclined, you either work your ass off to be musically inclined, or you have that innate ability. In some cases, both. In a lot of cases, both. But like, I think that music should be universally shared. I think that you know, and and here's the other part of it, man. CDs and cassettes. I'm dating myself here. Were, you know, they 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 were going up in price like fucking cigarettes, man. Like, okay, you want me to pay ten bucks for an album? Cool. You want me to pay fifteen bucks, nineteen bucks, twenty five bucks for a double album? I'm out. Like, I get it. And, and again, I'm <laughs> gonna quote Lebowski for I think for like the second week in a row. Um, I'm gonna throw a fucking uh, a Jackie Treehorn quote at you here. Um, 100, it's wave of the future, dude. 100% digital. Like, that's the medium, man. Like, that's how people get their names out. That's how people hear shit now is with Spotify. Um, I I, I agree that there isn't like you know that that like you know the, the CEOs of Spotify shouldn't be sitting in all this cash, but at the same time, uh, you know, so I I think I think that's probably a middle ground. Because Spotify is a wonderful thing, 
just like Netflix, where you can experience a lot for a little, and everybody can really appreciate it, because music isn't meant to be for the rich. Uh, movies, television, isn't meant to be for the rich. Everybody should be able to enjoy it, man, and, and that's why... Spotify, Netflix, these things are great things. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure somebody's losing their bottom line, but it's done so much better for the world, uh, at, at, at least our little corner of the world anyway. All right. I, I'm sorry, Tom and Ransom. Give me a second. Ooh, okay. All right. I got I to gotta stretch for this one. Beef, okay. you're absolutely right that music should be shared with everyone. It is how mu like information has been exchanged over time. And matter of fact, you said music isn't for the ultra wealthy. Until the Renaissance period, it was. It was there was a huge divide between uh, sacred music and secular music. And secular music generally was was um was music that was written for the aristocracy i mean the baroque period primarily all the music was basically it was a rich a rich person saying oh yes i had this commissioned by by who you know whatever composer you want to throw out there if you want to say bach if you want to say whoever you can go ahead and throw it out there but it wasn't until the renaissance whenever the, the the doors broke down. And I, I think I've told you guys this before. There was even a divide in the instruments. The trombone at one point was considered a sacred instrument. Matter of fact, it wasn't called the trombone. It was called the sack butt. So the sack butt was only allowed to be played in a sacred setting in the church like and 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 music was there was a divide like there there was the it was kept away from from people who were lower and and any music that was done was done kind of amateur on an amateur level but then whenever music all of a sudden became available to everybody it was you know it was a way that information was transferred it was a way for people to make political statements with operas and things like that and then you know as technology went yes and i understand it sounds like i'm making your point for you but here's the thing when you say that music should be available for everyone you're absolutely right everybody should have access to music but you cannot you cannot expect artists to always work for free that attitude is is completely is completely asinine i'm sorry that attitude that 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 like you know you should you should just be given these 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 things that people put literally their blood sweat tears time sacrifice uh, you know their 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 time away from their families away from their friends the stress that it puts on them with their jobs you you can't do that now i will say this you, you this has forced the hand of artists to think outside the box of how to make the life they want for example, um, uh, Kurt Ballou from Converge, I believe it was Kurt, Kurt Ballou, he started a guitar company, and it's massively popular, and that's another way from them to have income. They start streaming. They start their own record labels and release their music on their own. They use a lot of things like that. So, you know, it. it but but the thing is, you shouldn't be forced into working you know, two day jobs and then also going out and touring 
or expected to be like, no, you can't go out and do this when you have the opportunity. Or if a record company comes to you and says, okay, we're going to sign you to a three album deal. We own all your music and, um, you know, we own all your music and you, we're going to give you $500,000 to record your first album, but you have to pay all that back. There's so many artists that go out there and they record an album and they'll go out and tour and they'll open for bigger bands and they'll get paid nothing and have to be in a, in a van. And, and I'm not saying it's a poor thing. A lot of them have a lot of fun with it. And a lot of them are like, we're living the dream, but they get a per diem of like $10 a day. And then at the end of the tour, they walk away with like $1,500. You know, how do you live on that? Like, how do you survive that? What's the, and now you're locked into a deal where you have to do two more albums that might not get promotion. And then the record company might go, okay, we're done. We're severing the deal. You don't have to give us the third album, but guess what? You still owe us $300,000. Like that's wrong. And then on top of that, on top of that, you, you run into the, the issue. You said, you know, millionaires making more money. I agree. Millionaires should not be making like they shouldn't have to worry about it because they can pretty much ride, you know, their name and their royalties. And if things go bad, you can just go on another world tour. But what about the person who's putting out their first solo album? What about that person? And it's like you're relying on these things that are there like Spotify and Amazon Prime and whatever theoretically if if you have a song that's a hit and it goes viral and it gets played you know 2.5 million times and you're getting a check for $75 versus a check for $7500 you know it makes a world of difference yeah i mean yeah I they lost. should be People should be paid accordingly. I mean, and no, and I agree, and that's and that's, and it's that's, that's what and, I said, Poot, is that there, there, there's like a middle ground, I think, where you know Spotify doesn't win, and we're not putting a ton of money with the artist, but like people are still paying what's fair and reasonable. Everybody's getting reasonable paid. You know, there, there's got to be a middle ground. No, and there, there, there does have to be a compromise. I mean, because honestly, when it comes down to it, yet yeah, you know. It, if if people want to be assholes about it and look down on the arts and it's like, oh, well, you know, you're going to pay all these people to do something, you know, that isn't like that demand. It's like, well, let's see you go out and learn the fucking guitar. Let's see you go out and learn to, you know, play the drums or learn to do I'm this or learn to do that. How many people, how many people do you know if you've gone out to the bar and been at a karaoke night that you see people get up there and get on the microphone and you're like, oh, fuck. Well, like, dude, and you know it's just gonna be nails on a fucking chalkboard, out of, sync, out of rhythm, out of tune, fucking like. And I get it, I get it. That's fucking amateur night at the at, know, the, at the local bar, local, at the local dive bar and stuff. But you get some people at the fucking local dive bar that can actually fucking carry a tune, you know, like dude. That's uh, you know the the biggest thing, and I'll use the on a microcosm, dude. I I. I have heard countless stories from guys around here who used to play in bar bands in the late 80s and in and through the 90s and even up till the early 2000s. And understandably, we've had the advent of, you know, streaming services like Netflix, 
Hulu, the cock, um, and <laughs> the and cack. things the cack and things like that, which give you entertainment for cheaper at your whim. But they tell a star, so like, oh yeah, we play, we'd play here at night, and we play for three or four hours, and we get paid, you know, eighteen hundred dollars. That's in nineteen ninety three money. You know what I mean? Like you theoretically, if you were in a successful bar band and you were gigging two nights a week and you had four guys in the band, you didn't have to have another job if you didn't want. Theoretically, back then. Like and 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 the amount they were getting paid and then when 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 we started gigging, we had to do gigs for free as you do. That's something that's always been to get your foot in the door. But then places will go, "Okay, we'll get, you know, You'll play for the door. So you have to draw people in and you do your damnedest to get people there. But if it's cold or if it's raining or if it's snowing, you play to a house of 11 people and you've collected $55. Like that sucks that there was some places. There's no guarantee until you get a name. And even then the guarantee it's you're not walking away with a crazy amount of money. You're walking away with like beer money or enough to like, you know, maybe p- yeah. pay for like gas and then a meal. Like I know, I know what you mean because the um the couple of karaoke DJs I ran around with for a little bit, um after I got back home, like you know they like I forget how much they got paid per night. It wasn't it wasn't a crazy amount, but I mean it was basically like they got paid you know whatever and then plus like they got a free drink, like that was it. So. Now, I will climb down off my soapbox um, and stop ranting because I know it's exhausting. (laughs) But, you know, there are things where it's like, you know, hey, while you play, you get your drinks for free. And I'm like, great. Um, I I, I still have to drive myself home. Like, so that's cool. I'll have a beer or two. But, like, I still have to put on a show for you. Like, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it depends on how in demand you are. I mean, right. you know, I I don't know. It's frustrating because when, when you're it, – it, it's not nearly as viable to be an artist as it was even 20 years ago. You know, it's just not. like, And, and yeah. that's weird because people consume art all the time. Like Absolutely, all the time. Do. All the time. Like TV – just for God's sake, TV shows and movies. That's art. Yep. You know, people, you know, schools put are de-emphasizing the arts and and like that's insanity to me. But then again, I'm biased. So, you know, I'm sure if I was a if I was a biologist, I'd be like, well, they're they need to put more. They need to take money away from those arts and put it in the sciences. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that's something uh, I'm I'm kind of glad where I'm at now, like where we have the, the school district that the kids go in and stuff like that. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty balanced. Uh, it's, you know, you look at some schools and, uh, you know, like one school may have like the best choir and marching band, but their football program is the drizzling shits. Then you go to another school district and it's vice versa. Um, then you go to some schools and they're pretty well balanced all around. So at least they're doing something yeah. right there, but, but uh, the band is shit and the football team is shit. Go Clarion. <laughs> Go Lockhaven. Can we, can now we, the band was the, uh, can, can we put on the title for this episode? Like breaking kayfabe, like 
video games, wrestling, and save the arts. I was I was just gonna <laughs> save the arts. Save the. I was gonna put I was gonna put soapboxing. That's what I was gonna call it. <laughs> um, I, so like I'm gonna chime in here, here real quick. Yeah. And I guess I guess this question's more lean towards poot than anything else. Like the the bar bands. You know, you were saying like how you don't get paid a whole whole big bunch of money. You get a couple drinks for free. You know, that's not real that's not really like a viable income. But don't you know that going into it? You well, you you do, but like it's, it's not a secret, right? No, well, it it depends because I know there are bands around here that get paid substantially more than us. And and that's not complaining because we we generally make about 100 bucks a guy. That's take home, about 100 bucks right. a guy, which right. is nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, in general, like I said to just put away um, yeah, that's some saving you know, or some spending. Because we we all have day jobs. You know, Chris is an accountant. Clayton's a welder. I'm I'm going to be a banker. And uh, Matt, oh, you know, like uh, Richie's going to college and he's the head chef at uh, that place that we ate uh, back when we went to IWC, the 120 Pub and Grub. He's yep. the head chef there. Like, you know, we all have day jobs, so it's not like we're doing this trying to scrape together, you know, rent money or anything like that. But it's it's. It's the it's just more the fact that it's like if if you draw a crowd and you draw money for like, think about it this way. Put it in perspective this way. If you think about the balance, we're putting in four hours of work and that's Uh not including getting there early, setting up, sound checking all the rehearsal that we have to do. The time that we spend on our own, making sure that we're learning new songs. So it's never just the same old thing ever, uh, every time. And then buying the equipment and getting a sound guy and and travel and all those things. And let's say you go to a bar and luckily we work with bars that are really good to us. We're, we are lucky. Like we're lucky that we that we work with bars that are that are pretty good. Um, we've never had to deal with like, you know, squeeze the money we agreed on, like getting them like bars are usually great with us. So. Yeah. But like, think about it this way. We charge at the end of it all. We charge 800 bucks to play a gig, right? And that's paying the sound guy too, right? Paying the sound guy. Effectively, we're bringing our own sound. So they're renting our sound system, you know, like those kind of things. So let's just say $800. The bar, we bring people in. People are ready to party. That bar that night makes seven grand in food, booze at the door, whatever. Right. Ratios. Like I'm not saying, I'm not saying we should get paid seven grand. Not at all. Not even close, but like I go like, you know, it'd be, it'd just be nice if the ratio was not so extreme. So, yeah, like I do get that to a point, but I guess when I think of like a, a broader business aspect of it, like, yeah, you guys, you had to practice, you had to take your stuff with you, you have to set up, you have your sound people, but the people that own the bar, they've got probably a lot more shit that they have to worry about and contend with. Well, no. And, and you know, like they are paying presumably rent or mortgage. 
they're paying all the bills. You know, they're paying for food. They're paying staff. So I kind of see where it's like, yeah, like you guys do have this ecosystem that that you that you're in and you have this service that you're providing. But the bar has a bigger ecosystem and is providing a, a, a bigger service. So, yeah, they're going to take they're going to take more money. Like they're going to make more money off of that than than the band playing. Like and I almost equate that and maybe this is the wrong way to equate it. But this is just where my brain goes. That's kind of like equating it to like a fast food worker and a project manager for a construction company. Like, yeah, the fast food worker goes in every day, they put their uniform on, they work their hours, but they're putting together fast food. A construction manager is responsible for millions of dollars, responsible for coordinating so many groups of people and is is responsible for, like, a much bigger bubble, building a building, getting permits, working with money, working with engineers, architects, contractors, keeping things on schedule to complete a project. Like that's their project. The fast food workers project is to put a, a, a food product together and get it out the door. There's yes, the fast food worker is going to be paid a lot less because they're dealing with a lot less than the construction manager who is dealing with a huge amount of money and a big giant ass project. And and so yeah, there's I, gonna be a big divide there between between those people. I, I hear what you're saying, and that's why I I said I understand they have to pay their bartenders, they have to pay their electric bill, they have to pay all those things. And I'm not sitting up here in my tower saying you should pay the glorious artist, you know, $66,000 to come and play. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that over time, the it, 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 it's gone the opposite direction because like back in the day, you know, we'll, we'll just say, we'll say $20. Okay. Would you agree with me? If I said right now, $20 today is a world of difference from $20 in 1994. Yes. It's a world of difference, right? Now, back then, bands were getting paid more number-wise. Let's say a, a band that has, you know, has a good reputation and always brings a crowd and all those things, they're getting paid, we'll say, $1,600 in 1994 money. Right? Okay. Okay. Yep. Why has it gone the opposite direction? As inflation has occurred, the price of entertainment has gone down. Taking into account what I said earlier that people are, you know, you can sit down and you can watch, you know, Cheap Trick at the Budokan on YouTube for free. You know what I mean? You can Mm -hmm. watch led zeppelin live in whenever for free like you can you can take in more media now yes but it's still the point that like that ratio has gone the opposite direction now understandably 
prices of food, drink, staff, rent, property taxes, liability, insurance, those things have gone up as well. I get that. But it just seems to me that the the steep drop-off is more drastic than theoretically it should have been. And, and well, it, it, to be fair, Poot, you're looking at it like, you know, one plus two is three, which is correct. But, and you just kind of put an entire mouthful there at the end of your sentence. What you're looking at is more of a uh, calculus uh, algebraic equation with lots of coefficients, lots of fucking variables. Like, it's 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 not just a simple well you know money's gone up and i, and I get it man like i i 100 understand and the other side of it is i think that location 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 you'd be surprised on that one and i think that it's about you know not to be too frank with it but knowing your own worth you know if 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 you feel like your band is worth more than $800 a night, then you start demanding $1,200 well, a night. And and the and thing I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm sorry. You're good. But like it's no, you're good. it's the the thing is, I don't want this to be sour grapes. I'm very grateful for right. no, what no, we not, make. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, it's, and, it's, it's, it's a discussion. Yeah. But like it it's just the fact that like and part of the problem is within the performers. It doesn't matter what kind of bands or solo artists or whatever, whatever, what have you. It's in that ecosystem too, because you run into the problem of competition where, you know, an established band might be saying, Oh, we want $1,400 to perform, right? A guarantee of $1,400. But then you have, you know, seven other bands that were put together that went, Oh, we'll play for 300 bucks or, Oh, we'll play for just the door. Or, oh, we'll, we'll play for free. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the problem is you have to get to the point where, yeah, you do your first couple gigs for free to get your name out there and get a good reputation. But then you, you have to take the step of going, okay, let's clear enough to travel to the gig. So you say, we'll do it for 200 bucks. Then you say, we'll do it for 200 bucks plus the door. Then, okay, we want, we, we got into all this you know, sound equipment. We got to pay our sound guy. We got lights. We have all that production. We need $500 plus the door. Like it's that, it's that slow workup. And what's the ceiling on that? Like it, what, is it just the ceiling where people will stop booking you because you're asking for too much money? Is that the ceiling? Is it the ceiling of like, Oh, we've, we've seen them a million times. Even if they draw a crowd, we don't want them here. Like what's the ceiling there? I think it's whatever the, venue is willing to pay you like if you can continue to if you can continue if you can continue to ask for more and justify why and that venue says hmm, all right fair enough you got a good point you make a clear argument as to why we should be paying you more we'll pay you more i think and but I, you reach the, the point to where i think the venue will go well that's not really a good enough argument we'll pay the same as before and I then think- you either decide to take that or you you take your services elsewhere. To piggyback, I think it has to do with what the industry is allowing too. 
and the economy and everything else. And again, that's kind of why I went down to location because, you know, a bar in Pittsburgh is going to be more likely to pay more than a bar in Clearfield. That's just, you know, you, socioeconomics. You, you would think that, but I know, for, like, I know it's weird. Here, we don't have a problem getting booked. And not just in our immediate local area, but like the surrounding areas and further. We don't have a problem. Now, I know... I know bands in bigger areas have a huge problem getting booked. And if they do get booked, they get offered like a hundred bucks. You'd be surprised. I know it sounds like you're sitting there and you're going, well, that doesn't make any sense. I, I know that that's part of the problem. I, now, listen, I think to another big, big issue is, is that like, if you look back in the early 1990s or whatever, where did you go to hear? new music you would go to a bar you'd see a local band play to hear new music like oh oh that's nice you know like i'll if they're selling an album i'll buy an album never heard them before new band i like their music i'll buy their stuff with the advent of technology and the way technology has gone the market has been saturated with music and art that you don't have to go anywhere to get to to experience I don't have to go to a bar to hear a new band. Any Tom, Dick, or Sally can throw a garage band together, record something, a video or audio, slap it up on iTunes, slap it up on Spotify, slap it up on YouTube, and there is a whole big world of new artists, new music that you had never experienced before at the touch of your fingertips. You don't have to leave your couch. So, I mean, I think like, yeah, technology is great, but again, it's a double-edged sword because I'm not going to local bars to experience new music or to hear new bands, you know, or to say like, hey, this new band was awesome. I'm going to buy their stuff because people are putting that stuff online for free well, to get exposure and I'm able to consume that for free. Well, and, and that's... And and this is part of the thing where you get into the discussion of experience and the 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 capacity in which you consume art. Because we're bombarded constantly by art. There was an argument that we talked about. Now I know we 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 do have to wrap up here soon. I'm sorry, guys. I I'm absolutely grandstanding and I'm sorry. But like yes. the like it's 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 how one consumes art because we're so bombarded with visual stimuli, audio stimuli, and 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 uh, you know, go, kind of going back to the loot crate thing we were talking about before that that kind of thing. It, it, it's almost like you're not impressed because you're like, well, I could have done this at home and I didn't have to drive, you know, twenty minutes to to a bar or I didn't have to leave the house, but like. It goes to the point that, like, what's the difference between sitting on your couch list listlessly and oh. watching and consuming something versus getting up, going out, and feel like there is such a difference. And I think anyone who's been to a live concert or seen a really good local band, even if they're just a cover band, Expe like experiencing it firsthand versus experiencing it through your television. 
there's a difference, you oh, know, yes. like, and, and that's the thing is like, at that point, how do you want to consume it? And, and it, it like, are you willing to go out and, and see it and, and, and feel it versus watching it on TV? Now I'm not saying it can be a bad experience watching it on TV, like one of my favorite things to watch is is Dream Theater at the Budokan, and it's a wonderful show. But like going and seeing a band is a whole different can of worms. Going and seeing seeing a, a comedian in person is a whole different thing. Yes. And oh, you're not wrong. You know, but it boils down also to convenience. And I'm strictly using this as an example. This isn't a slight to to you or anybody, this is just, it's, it's a easy example for me. So please don't take offense, but it's so much more convenient for me who lives where I do. It's a what, two and a half hour drive to Clearfield. So to find a babysitter overnight for my two children, the drive to Clearfield, either a hotel room, or a two and a half hour drive back after a night of live music to see Hellbent. Or if it's like, hey man, I want to see my buddy did, perform. Hold on, did B fall asleep? Gonna... Nope, I think it's Tom. 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 <laughs> Tom's out. Tom's out. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Like it's, it's a matter of convenience, though. Like it's. I would love to come to Clearfield to see Hellbent, but if you were like, hey, man, we we rocked out this show. It was awesome. We played all these great tunes. If I could find that online, like on YouTube, if you guys posted that on YouTube or whatever, the convenience factor for me to be like, hey, my kids are in bed. Tara's working or in bed or playing Fallout or whatever. I want to check out my buddy's band. It's easy for me to fire that bastard up on YouTube as just as a convenience factor. Now, I know I'm not getting the full experience of the show, but at the same time, I'm still consuming that music and that art in such a convenient way for me. The snoring. Can you mute him? I can't. I'll try. I can't. Absolutely. Okay, I'll go ahead and mute him. Hold on. Let me mute him. Okay, old bear, he's Carl. muted. That's the title of this episode. Tom fell asleep. Yep, Sleepy Bear. <laughs> Pittsburgh Podgerma Podcast, Breaking Kayfabe Lounge. Tom fell asleep. Tom fell asleep. No, and and, I, 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 and I I would love to be able to go to a local bar and support my friends in person. And it would be a hell of a lot easier if we lived closer to each other. So it's no slight oh, yeah. to you where you live and where I live. It sucks that we live so far apart. Well. I- it it does, and and I'm I'm not trying to stop your point, but like it's not even just me. I mean, just in general, like you know, I I, I try and tell my friends in Pittsburgh, I'm like, dude, go see Pixelated. Now, understandably, the drive from Butler to Pittsburgh is a little bit bigger than people would think, but but it's and yeah, finding a babysitter and things like that is hard. And and I will always invite my friends if they can make it to a show. And, and we're playing around here. If they do want to make the trip, then more power to you. But I don't expect people to do that for my, 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 you know, classic heavy metal bar band. I don't. But like, 
but it, it, it's just more the overarching point that I'm trying to make is that like going out and consuming media and con- or not consuming media, consuming art in any form, whether it's going to a museum or going to hear a, a, a poet or a comedian or going to see a band, you know, or going well, to a live experience. Like you said, it's, it's far and wide, a yeah. much different experience to sure. see whatever you're seeing. Like you said, comedian band, it doesn't matter. Seeing them live is a much different experience. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is that's why, and you don't have to worry about offending me. I have heard, like and 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 it's just more the fact that I know and, and it's hard to make arguments because I know I'm biased. You know what I mean? I'm absolutely biased. What's well, hard not to be? You're the one producing the art. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? I'm not. I don't produce shit. You do. So it's easy. You know, it's easier for you to be on that side of the coin because you put all that. Well, listen, the time and effort that I put into my stupid little dumb YouTube channel pales in comparison the amount of time effort that you put in, like, I don't have to practice anything. I go out on my porch, rant like a psychopath uh, for a half an hour, go in, edit for an hour post done. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's nothing compared to the practicing, the setup, the tear down, the playing, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, there's no shame at being biased about it. I want to see if Tom's still sleepy boy. I put him on server mute. Oh, you put him on server mute. Okay. Yep. Damn it. I kind of wanted to end the podcast with just his snoring. No, and, and, and well, speaking yeah, of ending, I, we probably should wrap up. We have been, I mean, Oh yeah, we've nothing, been on it. Nothing nothing gives you the sign to end your podcast and 25% of it snoring while the others are recording. All right. Let's see if we can't get uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this Breaking Kayfabe Lounge. It's been long. I'm sorry I jumped on my uh, pedestal. I am the Barbarian Pooth Bard. He is Ransom the Madman. That is Beef the Legend. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave you with the dulcet tones of our very own Tiger Bomb Tom. Where is he? <laughs> Come on. Come on, little guy. You can do it. There he is. There it was. Yep. Have a wonderful night, everyone. Shh. Quiet. Don't wake Tom. He's sleeping. He's sleepy, boy. Wait. Wait for oh, it. Oh, my Lord. <laughs>